0: Hey, everyone. Mike Davis here. I got a question. Who are you? No, really, we know that somewhere in the world you've listened to this podcast, but we really don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. So if you have two minutes, and I'm telling you, it really just takes two minutes. Help us make the Dale Jr. Download an even better experience for you by telling us just a little bit about yourself. All you have to do, go to Listener ListenerQ. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R Q dot com forward slash Dale and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered into a drawing for a hundred dollar Amazon gift certificate. That's two minutes. That's all it takes. ListenerQ.com slash Dale. That's listenerQ dot com slash Dale. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. for the Dale Jr. download back again. Man, we
1: ain't got many shows left, but this one is going to be a good one. Mike Davis.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a big one. Listen, just your week was big. In, in, in the past week, you met Mike Tyson, Joe Rogan, Steve Harvey. He ticked off an Uber driver. <laughs> that was even before he got to the racetrack at Phoenix where we had our, you know, championship four determined in all the series. We're going to talk about all that. we got a special guest I know you're excited about coming That's in today. That's
1: right. Ralph Chastain's going to come in today. He just announced he'll be running what, full-time Xfinity Series next year in the 42 car for DC Solar. We got him here to
0: talk about it. That'd be exciting. Big show.
1: You Drive with uh, sincerity. Sincerity. You're real serious. That's the only thing we got to do is just keep him toned down. He's like a wild horse. You just, you know, just got to keep him toned down all the time. All right, man. This is a uh, this is a good show. Looking forward to all this content yeah. we'll talk about. So. Coming out of Phoenix, we got the Homestead Final Four decided. Oh, yeah. uh, what a wild race that was! Did you guys? I mean, I say this just about every other week. Did, uh, I just did not see that much happening during that race. Oh, I, I, I thought Kevin Harvick was going to, you know, dominate, and it was just going to be up to the rest of those guys to somehow figure out a way to get track position on him. But he was just going to be up in the top two or three. Then he has that flat tire before the end of the first stage. Now uh, Chase Elliott is winning the first stage, and and. And as the points are moving around and changing as they run, I know a lot of people like that. Some people don't. I do. I loved it. it. Yeah, I like it too, especially in the playoffs. I got to have it. Yeah. Uh, Chase Elliott is in. Then he's out. Kurt Busch is in. (laughs) Then he's out. Then here comes Harvick back. Yep. So all that was going on. And then uh, they had the crash on the back straightaway that takes out Kurt Busch and and Chase. And I thought the fireworks were over. Little did we know Eric Almarolo was going to get up there and flirt with trying to get the win. So that was, you know, little extra bonus action that I didn't think Eric was going to be capable of. hadn't really ran well enough all day long to uh, to be in the fi- in the picture. But there he was. Came down to the last couple laps, and I didn't have Kyle win in the race. He gets the win, which rough, you know, shuffles up the the conversation of who who the favorite is. You got Joe Logano winning a race. All right, he's the favorite. Uh, he, he's <laughs> even calling himself a favorite <laughs> all week long. Uh, Kyle wins at Phoenix, so now is he the favorite? I don't know.
0: The four car
1: stomped everybody's butt at Texas, but had the penalty. Is he the favorite? And had
0: a miraculous drive even at Phoenix. I mean, like him coming from the back, I knew that when he had that tire thing, he, there was still a lot of laps yeah. left. But his drive through it should be commended. And our champ, our champion, is under the radar. That's Junior so cool. is under the radar. I don't know if he
1: thinks it's real cool. His cars haven't been running very well, and I know that he doesn't want to out speak openly about that because you don't want to say hey man we've been weak but i would say that he's probably not thrilled with the way his cars have been running over the last couple of weeks he's you know he's kind of been running right inside the top 10 inside the top 5 but not winning races dominating races dominating mile and a halves uh, like he did last uh, like he did earlier this year so under the radar martin Trix junior i think they were last year Ah, uh, but the current champion, the, the the champion going back to defend his title, I would say is probably not at the top of a lot of people's list. Is is the guy that that has the opportunity to win this thing? Um, I'm I'm picking him. Well, you can pick him if you want to be a gambler, but would you really consider him a favorite? No, you right. got the your nail on the head there. Yeah. So a lot going on in that race. Kurt Busch was pissed off at a penalty. Uh, said that you know he didn't understand how he was ahead uh, of the pace car, but we saw it on video. I think when he goes back and watches that, he'll understand. Uh, They talked about it in the the driver's meeting uh, that you cannot pass the pace car before the commitment cone. That's exactly what happened. As you heard his radio during the race, he was confused <laughs> as to how that penalty happened to him because he said, well, I can't see the pace car because of the pit wall. Well, the ac- actually penalty happened before you get to pit wall. So it was uh, clear that he misunderstood exactly even how the penalty happened.
0: And he said he stayed the speed limit, which I think was part of his confusion. Yeah. well, uh, But it looked like he actually accelerated uh, looking at that high-angle camera. But you're
2: not getting timed until that line anyway.
1: So. You don't get timed to the line, That's but you good. can't pull up and pass the pace car. It's yep. in the, They talk about it in the driver meeting denny hamlin gets uh, you know charging hard gets loose underneath i've done that I, you know, I'm, i know people think oh denny hamlin what a dumb move what an idiot well i've spun out off that corner transitioning on that from the apron onto the bankings i spun out in front of the whole damn field and uh way back i think 2009 2010 during the dark, during the very dark days mm, um the dark days yeah we had a we had a, i had a crash that basically almost blocked the track um <laughs> it's very embarrassing so I can understand how, and you watch Denny's car. The back slides, the back steps out. He corrects into the forty-one,
0: and then they they get into the wall. So, so you, but you're agreeing, Denny messed that up. Denny I
1: mean, made a mistake. Yeah. Obviously, he made a mistake getting loose. But I don't think that he was.
0: Oh, I'm clear, or no. or here I come, boom, pow. Because oh, to me, it looks like he thought he was clear. But you're not. You're saying that Uh-oh. that's probably not what happened. I mean, it, it literally looks like he thinks he's clear. Yeah. It absolutely does. He drives right up into Reading some of it. well, he gets loose and corrects yeah, his car exactly. into Kurt.
1: So he gets loose and he he has to steer right into Kurt. Okay? okay. Here's a guy who's charging hard because he hasn't wanna
2: race and yeah. he's racing his butt off. And that, sometimes that happens.
1: I mean he made a mistake. Yeah. He admitted it. And and uh and it cost him guys a race. Uh, Chase Elliott got collected. Wow. We knew that was gonna happen. I mean the, the restarts were really crazy in turn one and two and Every, if he, I mean, these, I've been telling everybody all year long, stay, uh, stage three is insane, insane for every race. And there's only a couple exceptions there. But every week at stage three, the, the, the intensity goes through the roof and restarts all of a sudden become really wild. Guys sort of take it easy in the first stage, and the restarts aren't very uh, exciting. The guys aren't going to take any big risks. You know, it's early in the race. But stage three, all bets are off. So I expected us to see something like that. You know, it's unfortunate that it took the 41 and the nine out. They were both in a tight battle. I'm not pulling for one guy over the other to make it into the four. I just want it to
0: be fun and close. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, we got that. Yeah. Yeah, We got that question. Last week on this show, you – you thought and we kind of agreed with you that the changing of the start finish line there was not going to change any new no. things but it seemed like on twitter maybe you changed your 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 position on that did it add to the uh so trauma? yeah oh yeah
1: so so if you're in the middle of a run 25 laps let's just say 25 laps into a run does it look different than any other phoenix no no but the restarts are different so uh, the cars come off they restart in the You know, in the middle of turns, three and four, they come down the front straightaway. They all cut and fan out across the dog leg, three, four, five wide. We got a straight-on shot, a head-on shot at the cars coming straight at you going into turn one, and you can see it. They're just everywhere, all over the racetrack, way down on apron, uh, way up in the third groove. The track widened out really nicely in the race. The guys were having to use use a lot of the different racetrack, which allowed – to keep that track clean. So on restarts, you could go anywhere you wanted to, and you could go in there with confidence. So we saw a lot of wild, you know, good three and four wide racing and shuffling through the field in turns one and two that would play itself out down the back straightaway and through three and four. And it was exciting for, you know, restarts were were much more exciting Mm -hmm. than they were at that racetrack before. So in most cases, it's a mistake to make these kind of changes to the racetracks, in my opinion. Reconfiguring Atlanta mistake, mm. putting concrete on mm. Bristol to me mistake. 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 <laughs> Reconfiguring one and two at Texas unnecessary. Those kind of things. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in the sport where you're like, ah, you know, why did we do that? That didn't even do, you know, that didn't help us any. But this one, uh, I think, definitely added to the the excitement for the fans. Uh, they built an incredibly beautiful racetrack with all this. They spent 170 million dollars to build a, a brand new. Uh, Victory Lane fan zone, garages for the Cup guys, and uh, grandstands, and it's just suites, the TV booth, everything brand new, top of the line, beautifully done. The the greatest thing about it is there's Wi-Fi in every seat. Really, mm, every I didn't seat, know that. every seat in the grandstands has Wi-Fi. So, wow, not a lot, not a lot. That's of tracks a bigger
0: D- deal than the, where the start finish line yeah, is.
1: I have to agree. That's where all these tracks are headed. A lot of these, you know, De- uh, Talladega's rebuilding, got a big project underway. Uh, a lot of these tracks that NASCAR owns are going to start doing these type of things to upgrade and give that fan experience, cha- completely change the fan experience. I mean, going to the racetrack at Phoenix is going to be unlike any other experience you're going to get throughout the rest of the season. It's going to be like any experience you ever got at Phoenix before. You're going to have Wi-Fi in your seat. you got a ticket in your hand and a tunnel underneath the flag stand that will take you into the infield. And you can go over there and get your damn margarita or hot dog. You can stand there right in victory lane mm. when the driver gets out and wins the race. You can go into the garage and stand 10 feet away from the car with this grandstand ticket.
0: That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So
1: you have this access.
2: That's like NHRA, you know, during, access. During yes. the
1: entire weekend, during the race, you can leave your seat, go down in the infield, come back. I mean, it's That's incredible. Yeah. Good for Phoenix. And yes. you're in the shade, too. And you're in the shade. In the Phoenix Desert. So, great job by Phoenix. Great race. We got a great – we got four really, really heavy hitters going into Homestead. That's going to be a badass weekend. If uh,
0: you remove your, you know, p- people's favorites and who you would, you know, prefer to the Phantom, isn't this sort of like maybe the closest to the perfect four well, based we got off th- of performance yeah. this year? It, it's been – all
1: year long, it's been about the big three and – who else would it be? What other guy would fit his way, you know, fit fit be that fourth? Who would be the fourth? And it was, well, it was Clint Boyer at the start of the year. He looks like he's the fourth best team out there. And then, yep. you know. Chase. That it, Ch- Ch- yeah, then Chase. Keselowski. Keselowski. Yeah. And, you know, it's some, it's a flavor of the month. <laughs> uh, and, and the 22 has been the best in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, he's really been consistent. And so he's earned that opportunity. Uh, didn't really stumble and fall into it or trip into it. So I th- found
0: myself uh, appreciating the fact that through this, you know, what you would consider maybe kind of like circus-like type of structure for the playoffs, the cream still rose to the top. And yeah. We got our, you know, we didn't have that that Newman uh, this year, or or you know that one person that really just didn't belong based off of their overall, you know, body of work. I think the, the, these. Are and the it right wasn't
1: four. and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for Truex. It wasn't easy for Harvick. Yeah, Kyle, it's kind of easy for Kyle, but. These these guys that had been so great faced some real adversity to add to their story should they win in Homestead. It'll be
0: incredible. Going into the weekend, we did this show last week, and then obviously there was some big news with Harvick. Going into the weekend, what was your takeaway from the the overall feeling in the garage at the track based off of the news that Harvick had uh, had that win taken away and that you had crew chiefs now being suspended? It seemed to me the weekend was all about the redemption for Harvick Uh, And would he be able to come back in and get into that final four? But what was the overall vibe of the garage and the track during the weekend? Um, You know, I felt like that
1: it was some renewed hope for guys like Kurt Busch, uh, Chase Elliott, a little more giddy up in their step considering where they were when we left Texas and then where they were on Wednesday. There was a lot of uh, conversation about spoilers who else was doing this? You know, right. and there was a lot of lot of conversation about how that might have been quite a popular area for teams to be working on. It wasn't just isolated to Kevin Harvick or Stuart ha- Stuart Haas Racing. Um, mm-hmm. Harvick so,
0: got the lucky prize to be able to send his car to R and D and therefore he's the one that took the fall. But you're and, saying that it's probably more common.
1: It may be more common. There's a lot of talk about all three cars failing, how that not one car that went to the R and D. Center passed. Then there was obviously some Focus on the on the field as in what else are they doing, you know, and, and what else is going a little bit too far. If they're, you know, if they're getting blatant in one area with the spoiler, where else are they getting? So there was more focus, I think, on from drivers, crew chiefs, people in the people in the garage on everyone's car as to like, hey, what else might be it moved and tweaked and pulled and tucked? So uh,
0: it was a little tense, mm, you know, I bet. On Friday, Saturday. It was. And now Harvick sort of made that obvious. That
1: bubbled to the surface in the media
0: center with Harvick. Right. It did. Yes. You it know? did. I mean, he was not saying anything, and then he ends up going and uh, winning the poll, yeah. which forced him into the media center.
1: Right. I'm
2: just here so I won't be fined. Yeah. that's sort of That deal. was
1: kind of the way it was, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, but it was it was really captivating, really interesting to to watch all that play itself out. Yeah, we'll talk about Xfinity. Alan, Algar had a little heartbreak, damaged the right front there. Thought he was having a pretty good day and might be able to work his way into the, the final four, but contact with uh, Nemechek damaged the car. Uh, Elliott Sadler just struggled. All Didn't day. have any speed all weekend, all day long in the race, just was not really happy with the car, not real fast. Tyler Reddick uh, was smooth and consistent, kept his nose clean, was fast when he needed to be and should, and, and made it work. He's in the four. So, you know, I'm proud of that. I think it's uh, it's not easy. I think we, you know, we had a good run of having a, a couple cars in the Final Four for a few years. And maybe got a little spoiled and realized, you know, I think this year was a reminder of just how hard it is to get cars into that Final Four. Yeah. And how challenging and, and tricky and and how many trip lines there are out yep. there during the playoffs? Even
2: winning the regular season championship, and as good as that seven team has been the whole yeah. year, it, you know, he had that he's, advantage there. But you know, if things Bell, can happen.
1: If Christopher Bell doesn't win that race, he's not going to get in. Yep. Um, but he was able to go out there good and win the race by him. Yeah, win the race that he had to win.
0: So wild weekend at Phoenix. It was a wild weekend. Yeah. did you uh, uh, Did you just uh, take it in like a fan? Uh, I mean, I every know you're like I do. To work, like just like, like every I week. do every
1: week, buddy. Every week. <laughs> I'm just a fan, man. People are like, hey, you know, there's a lot of people that like our broadcasting, but there's a couple of them that say we scream. But I mean, that, we're fans. That's what the hell fans <laughs> do when stuff happens on the racetrack. Fans in the grandstands aren't going, oh, no, oh you a, know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. He's passing over. Hey, you see <laughs> that, Johnny? Look, no, he's passing them yeah. to third
2: three. Yeah, they're excited.
1: a hell of a battle. There? <laughs> you see that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got a read. Boom. Pristine. They're back again. Pristine Auction, our favorite auction site. Uh, if you love online sports auctions, if you love online sports memorabilia, if you just love sports memorabilia. This is a place for you. You can bid from the comfort of your own home. And, I mean, you know, chilled out on the couch, laid out, <laughs> whatever you want to do in your underwear. That's totally care.
0: what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, why not? PristineAuctions.com. They offer daily auctions. Uh, all the bids start at a buck, so everything's going to start low and easy. Uh, every auction is ending soon, so no waiting, no hurrying, no no waiting around six, seven, eight days, whatever, to for, to for an auction to end. Daily auctions. They also have other formats besides that daily auction. A 10-minute auction. Mm-hmm. They ain't waiting around for that. Speed. better be on your game. Yeah, and better you better be on your game. you better know just how bad you want it. You better believe it. That's cool. sure. That sounds fun. Like yeah. I don't even want this, but I don't like I don't like losing. It. Right, right. Uh, items pop up just for ten minutes, and then they're gone. They guarantee the kind of au-
0: like, like Denny Hamlin in that race. Pop up <laughs> there Popped up for a few minutes, laps and gone, <laughs> gone.
1: <laughs> they guarantee the authenticity of all their items, and everything you purchase comes fully authenticated and. <laughs> Authenticated.
0: People can't see how the uh, owner has basically, Yeah, he spells uh, it out. Spells these things out. Gotta help out my boy over yeah. there. All yeah. then. Authentic-,
1: Authentic.
0: Authenticated. All then. Tick aided. All right.
1: Trusted sources will be doing that very, very, very thing for you to make sure you're getting the right items. And legitimate, genuine items from these, these sports memorabilia celebrities. Let's see. What do they got out there now? They got an 8x10 of, of Kell Yarbrough in mm-hmm. Victory Lane. Daytona, Hardy's 28. Signed. And it's only a dollar. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so Daytona, Victory Lane, Hardy's 28. That's 1983, 84? Wow. Rain Man. 82. Look at him. Uh, You better be right. Yeah. I did you.
0: Hey, I'm not above stopping the Pristine Auction (laughs) and finding out who's right on
1: this. I'm going to Google this. Either way, you Google. I'm going to keep reading. That's a
0: 30-year-old item starting right now for a buck
1: signed by
0: Kelly Yarbrough.
1: A 30-year picture. I mean, that's some history right there. Definitely worth more than a buck. Check out pristineauction.com now. You'll be hooked. It's free to register, free to bid, and you only pay for the items you win. That's Pristine Auction spelled P R I S T I N E auction.com and when you register you got to select Dell Junior Download Podcast from the drop down menu in the how did you hear about us section that lets them know Pristine Auction folks that we sent you there and we need that so they'll keep coming here to this podcast what year 83 and 84 yeah! back to backs okay you're right yes I was correct. Bing, 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 bing.
2: And and by the way, uh, I just bid on something right before I came down here. It's not a pristine auction, so see if I could finally win my first thing. So I'm really—I don't want to tell you. You might outbid me. Come on, Uh, it's a Dansby Swanson autographed baseball because I I covered him in Kyle's World Series when he was the Vanderbilt, and he's a great dude. He's a brave.
1: He's cool. All right, so uh, before Phoenix, we had to go to the lovely city of Los Angeles, Mike. (laughs) <laughs> wow. What a
0: interesting two days for you and for me. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, the thing, the, not to start this on a kind of a downer note, but while we were out in LA, you had the mass shooting that happened yep. Wednesday night yep. while we were there. And then the fires uh, on Thursday. And so like right away, I, I'm telling you, I mean, like the fires, the, these, these are things that people are still dealing with. So um you know what we're about to talk about in la is inconsequential to that stuff but what that was all happening while we were down there when i was checking out of the hotel friday morning i was actually passing and talking to families that were evacuating so you know our um, thoughts and wow. prayers are really? to those guys yeah for sure they were looking they, they had their animals their pets with them they were looking for hotels that would let pets come in it was it, i mean it was a real thing we see about those wildfires uh, you know us on the east coast and 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 we see it and it looks terrible but look that was a moment when I'm like, oh man, this you're seeing a family actually having to yeah. I was you know, sitting evacuate. in
1: a, I was sitting in a hotel room and a buddy of mine texts me and he goes, I know you're out in L.A. and there's a shooting and just checking in on you and uh, I was like, really? And so I started looking around and I just it's 40 miles away from where we were staying. Right, right. And uh, you know, L.A. is a big place, but they all it was uh, it was the
0: strangest thing. It was it was real. It became real. Yeah. It's like right, wow, wow, we're right here around this and 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 you could feel the. The pain and the aching of the community. So yeah. that was going on. Uh, we were out there promoting a book, uh, Racing to the Finish. We did some media, and we did some interesting media. We did. We <laughs> met some people that uh, I don't know that otherwise we would ever have a chance to meet. And some of them, I'm a little shocked that you hadn't met already. But you were really excited about Steve Harvey.
1: Yeah, so I'm a big Stevie Harvey fan and, and um, you know, love a lot of things that he does. His shows great. Social media that he does is great. Very positive guy how I became a fan though was that he did King's of comedy tour oh, way back in the so day yeah, that's right well the you when you buy the DVD or the tape or whatever or watch that that's filmed in Charlotte yep. and I thought this is a cool this is one of the coolest things that happened to Charlotte you know for these guys to come here and do what they do and they're the one they're gonna film and release to their fans is the Charlotte episode uh or or visit yeah uh made, made, made me proud right and uh, so when I saw Steve, I said, "Hey, man, you know I became a fan of yours through watching Kings of Comedy, and uh, you filmed that in Charlotte, and everybody in Charlotte loves you." And so uh, everybody says, "Hey," um,
0: everybody in Charlotte says, "Hey," everybody, come back. everybody come in Charlotte back, says,
1: "Hey," and he goes, "Man, I love that's my city." Um, so that's Dale cool. Jr., the new mayor of Charlotte. <laughs> I was just like, "Man, that's my that's how I know who Steve Harvey is," and I've I've kind of followed him ever since, and I just kind of like what he's about. I got I wanted to go on the show real bad. Got an opportunity to do that this week. Got to meet him, shake his hand, talk to him. Super, super cool, genuine guy. Real. Like, um, you know, when you meet people that you got, you know, you kind of fan out over, uh, you kind of hope that they're real a little bit. You hope you can see a little bit of a, a real human in there. And he's all human, man. He's all. He's a big bundle of
0: emotion. Yeah. Is what he is. And you know what? Another thing? He is a big Dale Jr. fan. And oh, that's people, cool. Now, hold on. A lot of people will probably say that to Dell jr to his face you know what i'm saying but when steve harvey went out there and did you know did his thing and I, they had not met yet uh when they met for the first time on the on the stage oh so with, there was no pre thing okay. there was no pre thing which i thought was interesting because sometimes there is right and steve harvey says to his crowd he's like man i've been looking forward to this a long time i this this one right here means a lot to me and he and he brings Dale Jr. out, and you could just tell there was just this mutual affection for each other that I thought was that you feel through the interview. I can't wait for people to see it. I wish I knew exactly when it was going to air. I know. I think we do know that, but I just don't remember. Um, we can yeah. put it out there, but we we'll well, put it out there. But that was a good moment. It and
1: was. It, it was cool. And my wife text. My wife is also a fan of Steve Harvey, and she texted me before I went out there. I said, "Hey, I'm getting ready to do Harvey. Here I go." And she goes, "Family Feud." She just says, Family Feud in a text. And I was like, all right, got it. Message clear. I'm going to mention oh, that- <laughs> to him on the show. I'm going to mention to him, you know, maybe off the show about could, you know, is there any uh, chance of us doing Family Feud? Well, he brings it up oh. at the tail end of the, sh- the interview. Yeah, during the interview. And I go, you know what? It's interesting you bring that up because my wife texts me before I come out here, Family Feud. And that meant to me that I needed to tell you that we want to do it. And he's like, oh, man, we're doing it. So, we're gonna be doing it. We're we're trying to set the dates sometime uh, to start of next year. Uh, we'll be going back to L.A. Uh, to do Celebrity Family Feud. Nice, the Earnhardt family. Yeah, so me and Amy have been talking about it, and uh, with my sister and so who forth. Who would you choose in the
2: end? Because oh, you get to choose who's was, the person that does the end. Who would
1: he, you
0: choose? He already had his team picked by the oh. time we got to the car, pretty much.
1: Easy, easy. Gonna get me in trouble with the wife. <laughs> I'm supposed to. I need to talk to her about it.
0: Oh, you haven't. Never mind. We well, don't need to do that. I here, have.
1: Right? I have a little bit, um, but we're still we're still trying to figure out exactly who we think should be on our team. <laughs> <I> <laughs> and because um, uh, you want to win now, yeah, dude. I mean, you can't just you put ain't it playing anybody. for second place. We were talking maybe. Kelly, Amy's sister Katie, and my mom. Okay. And I was like, all oh, girls? And she's like, well, you've been surrounded by girls all your life, so what's the big difference? So. We think it'd be fun to have mom out there. Oh, yeah. Gracious. She'd she be the winner. Good gracious in a good way or uh, gracious well, I couldn't tell. A, gracious Entertaining.
0: In a, gracious in a viral way.
2: Okay. Trust me, <laughs> I hear her every Monday talking about her fantasy football thing. Yeah. It's literally my favorite thing on Monday mornings. Let's when I get hear her here. talk
1: about her pickums. It's so funny. Well, that was just one of the cool opportunities we had. We got to meet Mike Tyson and do yeah. a podcast with him. What would you think about that? And Evan Britton. Evan Britton. A great guy. I I'd, n- I'd not met him before. Didn't really know uh, much about the podcast, but Mike was awesome. Evan Evan was great. Me and Evan talked quite a bit and hit it off. And uh, Mike was very nice, very cool. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect him to be anything else. Real laid back, just kind of chimed in every once in a while during the podcast to ask a question or two. But Me and Evan really just kind of sit there and BS the whole time. That was fun. And uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. So we Joe Rogan's podcast is incredibly popular. For good reason. Uh, We got to meet him, and uh, he has an incredible studio, a lot of fun, something similar to to what I'd probably have. You know, he's got a a bow-shooting range, much like a golf simulator. He's got a lot of toys and bells and whistles in his little...
0: I mean, he's very proud of this archery range, by the way. But this is basically his version of the Dirty Dome.
1: Right. So he's got a little garage where he has a lot of fun in and uh, just kind of has a lot of neat stuff going on. Uh, And then he's got his podcast studio. And so we went in there and sat down and talked for two hours and it you know, I thought, Yeah, this is going pretty good. I don't really know how good this is going. That's the way I feel about all our podcasts, right? Right. Uh we, we we get done and we go, hmm, don't know if that was good or not. Um and then you'll watch it and go, Wow, it's better than I thought it was for sure. It was good. Well, that's the way this this turned out. I went and did it. I thought, This is great, I'm talking to Joe Rogan, he's an awesome guy, he's very nice. We had some great conversation, but I didn't know if it made for good podcasting. Uh, But all week long, my phone has literally been going crazy with people that listen to his podcast, which there's very, very many people that do. And they've all had great positive things to say about it. So that was something that really made me feel good.
0: I don't know all the people that contacted you, but when I saw Mark Martin.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tweet what he tweeted. Yeah. And he says, you think you don't have two hours, but I'm telling you, you do, and you need to go listen to this Rogan yeah. interview with Dell. That yeah. was impressive. That, that, as, yeah, as I especially. appreciated that for
1: Mark. Yeah. Uh, we had an extremely fun time. Did we leave anything out? We, we did a couple other things.
0: We did other things. I mean, we went to Yahoo Sports. We did yep. Rich Eisen. We Rich, were really oh. blown away by Rich Eisen studio.
1: So I've never done Rich Eisen. I've all, I've done Dan Patrick several times, and, and every time I've done Dan Patrick, I've enjoyed it and learned something. Uh, Dan has amazing studios, yes. which we like because we're getting ready to renovate ours here for our podcast. Yeah, uh, so we draw a little inspiration from those shows. We got to go to Rich Eisen's. Uh, studio, which was really nice. We got to pick up on some of the things they're doing there. It's massive. It's huge. Huge. Um, but I was finally able to sit down and talk to Rich Eisen, who I've watched on the NFL Network or ESPN or whatever over the years and just admired uh, his his ability to cover what he covers and do the job he does. He does it with a certain style and personality that I think is cool. He brings some con- color to what he does with his personality and the way he delivers. Uh, he's a great conversationalist. I learned a lot sitting there talking to him. Two days getting getting an opportunity to talk about our book.
0: Uh, do, do we want to talk about The Uber Driver?
1: Yes. So um <laughs> Yeah, what happened here? This is funny. Basically, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was re- it was over and done in minutes, but uh, <laughs> Tony calls. Tony orders an Uber on his phone. Tony Mayhoff. Tony Mayhoff. Brand team. he was out there with us. We're gonna go to dinner, and Tony orders an Uber, and we Uber gets there, and I was messing with Mike. I saw him starting to walk around the front of the car to go to the other side to get in, so I walked around the back and beat him to the door. And he goes, "Well, I'm not walking back around, <laughs> so you just get in, and slide over." So I hopped in the car and slid across the seat, and the Uber driver turns back to me and goes, "Sliding across the seat—that's how you rip the leather." And neither Tony nor Mike heard it. And they get in, and I just, I was so pissed off.
0: <laughs> he was. He was, he, I mean, it was crickets. Like, I get in. I mean, like, we were all kind of conversive and we were having a yeah. good time, and he was obviously in a cut up mood. He's b- running over to the other side of the car, and he's like, hey, hey, hey I beat you. And I'm like, get up, slide, get over. Yeah. I'm not like going back around. I get in, and it's like, <laughs> I
1: was so mad. Is it like a, what, what do you have a Rolls Royce? Come on. It's like a Chevy. It
0: what
1: happened? It's a nice Chevy. But, the you know, Tony and Mike are giggling and laughing about, you know, just having conversation, general conversation all the way there. And I was like, I can't wait to get this. Of this car <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's tweeting I, I, <laughs> I guess that uh, review wasn't too good oh yeah I
1: did tweet that uh, this well, happened I,
0: I, I didn't actually know what he said I knew there was a conversation and I knew something was weird about it but then I look over and he's tweeting about it and I'm like Twitter oh did he just did he step to you and he's like yeah you know, and he's all mad about it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is beautiful. I love this Super driver. Five star. Tony, give him a five star. <laughs> give him a raise. Give him a tip. Nice. This yeah. is too good.
1: Twitter's oh Twitter is the only place I could go to sort of pop the valve.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: right. I was Get, like, Ah. Anyhow. Good stuff. We were out there talking about the book. The book's available in everywhere books are sold. Stores, online, go to com slash book if you want to order it. It's still in the New York Times bestseller list. A new
0: one, actually, and
1: I was number, going to do this yeah. in
0: the white flag. but listen, So there's a weekly list, and then there's a monthly list, and the monthly list is the subcategories, and one of the subcategories is sports and fitness, and Racing to the Finish was on number three when this new list came out last nice. week while awesome. we were in L.A., so yeah. uh, more good stuff with this book.
1: All right. Well, that was pretty cool. Exalta update.
2: This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. ISM Raceway in Phoenix was the stage as NASCAR raced to set the championship four in the big top three series. On Friday night, Brett Moffitt charged hard from third to first on the final restart to take the Truck Series win and put himself into the final at Homestead. He, Johnny Sauter, Justin Haley, and Noah Gregson will race for the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway this Friday. In Xfinity Series action, junior motorsports driver Justin Allgaier swept the first two stages but lost his brakes and a playoff bid after being involved in an incident on lap 145. Then Christopher Bell took the final checkered flag, giving him a spot in Saturday's finale at Homestead against Cole Custer, Daniel Hemrick, and JRM's Tyler Reddick. In Cup Series action, Kyle Busch put a stamp on his playoff berth by taking a win to lock himself in at Homestead. He'll face off against Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, and Joey Logano in the championship finale at Homestead on Sunday. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on our great partner, Exalta, please visit them at
1: ExaltaCS.com. Hi, that's your Exalta update. Let's bring in our guest. We talked about it at the top of the show. Ross Chastain's here. How you doing, Ross? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, so Ross announced this week or this weekend that you're going to be driving in the Xfinity Series full-time next year And for DC Solar and Chip Ganassi. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, that's been watching this sport over the last several months knows the story. You've been racing, you ran a couple races for Chip Ganassi. We'll talk about actually how that came about, but you did extremely well. I actually got to race with you in one of those races at Richmond, and you ended up second there. You won. Uh, You might have won. Darlington had a great run going there. So, you know, just that small sample size, you impressed the hell out of these people enough for them to want to put you in a full-time ride. So we're going to get to the bottom of that, figure out how all that happened. First off, I want to talk about how you got here, how you even got to the Xfinity Series. What's your history in racing? Where did you start? I know you came through the trucks. Tell us all about that. Yeah, so it was. Uh, it, it's snowballed
3: into this great thing now, but it was never meant to be or never supposed to happen. It uh, was a hobby that my dad did uh, a little bit before I was born, and then I remember a little bit when I was young uh, going to the races with him, but just hobby racing. Um, his first race truck, he rented uh, drove it around the house and then went to the racetrack with it. And the guy he rented it from like got it there and called a fast truck. And uh, so he went to go out on the track and he pulled his seatbelts tight and it pulled him back too far from the pedals and he couldn't reach. Like <laughs> he had never pulled the belts tight at the house. <laughs> Hilarious. So uh, that's how he started. It just had some fun and then he got me going in it. Um, and actually, uh, Mark Martin's son Matt raced down there in the fast kid class. And we went And, and what kind of cars were these? These are—it's a metric chassis, and it's a full-size race car, but like a uh, Monte Carlo, like a late '80s uh, chassis with a fiberglass truck body on it. And you ah. put a, at the time, a 305 uh, small block or a, a ZZ4 uh, crate motor from Chevy in it, and uh, automatic transmission and like a four-nine-inch rear Really? And uh, yeah, just all the standard uh, suspension. Couldn't have anything. No race parts on it. Um, but they looked good. They were trucks but they were low to the ground you know they're pretty for relatively speaking and um so we got started in that so matt's last race uh we went and watched and he won and like I threw gatorade on him we had the gatorade sponsorship i was like what do you think i was like i want to i said like i want to be matt like mm-hmm. that's who I, w- I that's really cool and uh so we were in the next race uh we borrowed a truck from a guy and literally like sat on two by fours like not just one like three two by fours <laughs> in the bottom of the seat to get me <laughs> high enough and oh man uh, my radio was a Nextel walkie-talkie with a wired earpiece into my <laughs> right ear, and he would key up. And I used all my dad's old driving <laughs> stuff, and he would beep beep in yeah. and clear. Or and then people were beeping him during the race the first night, asking him if that was his son out there. Like, is that your kid out there racing? He's like, I can't talk, and he'd exit out of them and then beep me <laughs> back oh, that's in. That's hilarious. And um, I end up crashing, and it, it was it was bad. But I we were hooked then, and then we bought our own race truck and. Snowballed there into the, the trucks, um, the kid class into the adult class, winning races. Limited success, honestly, and then in the late models, uh, even less success. Um, but really, just loved it and loved the how. I mean, it was late models are tough. They were tough right. down in Florida, and they, they still are. And
1: what tracks do you did you race around there? Yeah, so
3: Punta Gorda or Port Charlotte was our home track. Uh, it was about 40, 40 minutes north of us. We're, there's no tracks south of us in Florida. Hialeah is gone and um sunshine or you know uh, sunshine was shut down at the time so we ran like Punagorda, Ocala before it was dirt love that place if they ever take the dirt back off of it i'm going to go back there and race there that was probably my favorite one and then um Orlando and New Smyrna and so New Smyrna was where i got kind of the my my break if you want to say that where we realized in 2011 we ran the world series there in the limited late model class and we did really well we qualified on the pole the first night and won three races out of the 8 Decided right then, at the end of that week, uh, if we wanted to make a go at racing, that now was the time. I was 18 years old, and uh, we needed to try to, we didn't know anything about it. We were actually kind of starstruck that week. Uh, The Meyer brothers came down there to race uh, Mm -hmm. with their big modifieds, Mm -hmm. and after the third night, our car was not handling great. And um, we were using the track scales to kind of reset each morning, and uh, we couldn't get We were confused because their scales kept reading different, and so we went, my dad went home and got our grain scales and brought them back to the track. It was about a four-hour drive, and he went back on Monday when we had the day off, and uh, Jason Myers saw him pull in with the grain scales, and he followed him down to our pit and said, Hey, man, my modified's handling terrible. Our digital scales aren't working. The track scales aren't working. Can I put my modified on your grain scales? So we got done with ours and then he brought his big old modified and that was back when Madhouse the show was right, yeah. the first time was, we were was big on. Fans of that, yeah. yeah, so we were too. So we were starstruck <laughs> and, and um, I don't think it, it helped him as much. We got our car handling better and we won some more races at the end of the week. So that was our when we decided we wanted to figure out the business side. We knew there was there had to be a business to this and, and we knew that we had to do a better job than other people to figure it out and um, that's how we got started.
1: How'd you get into the truck series? Uh,
3: so we came up here, but didn't know. We stayed at a hotel there in Mooresville, Exit Thirty Six, and. Um, and what year was this? Two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. It was uh, springtime, maybe early summer. And uh, we knew Todd Bodine through a mutual friend, uh, Mike Greenwell, is a neighbor of ours. He played for the Red Sox, and he drove a little bit. Mike Greenwell. Oh, drove wow. for yeah. Bobby Dodder. That's right. Grew up going to races with him. Our families all are really close, and there's uh, three, the Singletaries, the Greenwell's, and us, the Chastain's. We traveled to races. We made a trip out west as a, as a family in the motor homes when I was probably 10 or 11. But, yeah, so Mike had introduced us to Todd. Todd had signed the hood of my fast truck uh, when I was probably 13. Uh, that was when he was, he won the championship that year uh, at Germain. And so we were just like, I mean, we were fans, like, but we were racing, uh, locally. And so, um, Mike entered, you know, Todd kind of told us about Bobby Daughter, but we weren't sure David Starr was there at the time, uh, Sir so really room for me. So we met Stacy Compton. He had the, uh, turn one, he had Cole Witt and the Red Bull truck and Fuel Doctor. And so, uh, Justin Marks had the second truck about halfway through the year. They ran out of funding and they shut that program down. So we were, would come in and I, my first race was, um, IRP. And so we went to IRP. I'd never done live pit stops, never mm. never shifted on restarts, never anything, and so we go and run 10th, and we're like, wow. holy cow, Like, and coming down, we did a green flag stop in the race to try to make sure we didn't lose, too, we run about 14th, 13th, 14th, we didn't lose too much time, they uh, just did two tires, so as I'm coming off turn two, they said, don't slide your tires, and I'm like... I don't even know, like, where Pit Road (laughs) is. Like, (laughs) I I might, like, spin out here. So I was able to – I stopped right on the sign, changed two tires, and finished, uh, like, five car lengths behind Cole. And uh, his truck – I can say this because I'm friends with him. His truck was tore all to hell. (laughs) And uh, mine didn't have a scratch on it. And he was 8th and I was 10th. There was one truck in between us. So uh, that was cool, and that was the best and worst thing that could have ever happened because I honestly think if we would have just ran 25th or just went out there and I would have struggled – We just said, ah, that's all right. We were on Stacy right after that. Like, you know, we need to get some more races. And, um, you know, at that time we are funding it ourselves. There's no way around it. Uh, I had a bunch of really good people um, that only sponsored me because because they knew me. And it was a lot of people in the watermelon industry uh, that knew me since I was a baby. You know, knew my dad his whole life. Um, so they invested in me, and they put money behind me, um, and that's that's what it takes. Like, I know people don't like to talk about it, but like that's the truth of the matter yeah. is. And so um, that got me four more races. They went terrible. I, I mean, I crashed at Bristol twice, uh, spun out at Kentucky because I hit the kill switch on the wheel with my elbow. Uh, mm. Just, you know, first time at a mile and a half, I didn't know you could hold it wide open around Texas. It was crazy. So uh, then went to Homestead, and it rained out, so we didn't make the race. Uh, so I got in one of Sieg's trucks. Uh, rod sieg's uh, starting park truck and ran the whole race and that was just a, a cluster <laughs> um so we kind of reset and went and raced for bobby dotter the next year uh got the full season blew up a bunch uh had some good runs though ran seventh at martinsville and uh, by the end of the year so when i went to vegas and phoenix at the end of the year in the truck series in 2012 we actually start and parked it was one of the most humbling things i've ever done yeah. to go all the way out west oh. um and just knowing you're not racing and, wow. and you have to go out uh, first time at both tracks and just make a couple laps and then qualify and then pull in. And so um, it's kind of crazy to think now But we got our first win at Vegas and announce our season uh, for 2019 at Phoenix is uh, very humbling.
1: Talk about the transition from trucks to to Xfinity Series. I mean, you've kind of bounced back and forth. You even race in the Cup Series. So before we ever get to talking about your opportunity in the 42 car, talk to us about these last couple of years, what it's been like to work as hard as you have.
3: Yeah, so I was, you know, I ran the year with Bobby Dodder and then uh, made the jump, ran less races with Brad, and still was was bringing sponsorship to the table. Um, I got a a, thought.
1: One question real quick. You said you ran less races with Brad. So, in theory, you took the same amount of money, but ran a better car for less races. And we've seen some guys do that yeah. here recently yeah. in, this, in the, you know, uh, Ryan Priest. Mm-hmm. If you're a case study, like you're the guy that made it work, the guy that made his dream happen, just like Ryan. Yeah. So if uh, you had advice for a driver who had a limited amount of funds, would you tell them to take that and get in the best car they could for a smaller amount of opportunities? Or to try to spread that over a full season in a in a smaller team, what would you do?
3: Yeah, well, I couldn't have raced the way I did in the 42 car if not for the laps I had in the other cars, and it worked this time, but it failed with Brad because I thought there was a, a path to Penske uh, we did, uh, and and they never said there was. We just assumed, and so that's why we went there. We thought, man, if we do good, we run like Blaney runs, right? Um, and know, maybe prob- we could. We could take the steps like Blaney. We know Blaney's on the path. That's realistic. And idea. Yeah. It wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, and that's just the the way the business was. Blaney came from Penske down and then went back uh, up to Penske. And uh, BKR was never a stepping stone uh, for me. It was never intended on their side. Um, and we realized that very late in the season. Um, even though by the halfway through the year we were running with Ryan. Uh, it was never, never meant to be. So, um, no, I wouldn't say you jump straight in. I don't think you need to go jump in Kyle's trucks. You don't need to just jump in the best Xfinity car. Um, I, I think you can go run with Johnny, uh, Johnny Davis, who I've ran with for four years. Um, you know, I actually got into the, the Xfinity series. It was nationwide at the time because I got fired from a truck team. Uh, I was running for uh, a, a truck. I started out at Daytona and Martinsville, and I made a, I caused a big crash at Daytona. And then I ran 14th. I practiced, qualified, and raced 14th at Martinsville. And they said, the crew chief and the owner said I was was no good. I needed to uh, hang up racing and go back and farm watermelons. Yeah. And yeah. that's the PG version of how they said it. And so um, I was actually living down at their shop. It was out, It's not in, in the Charlotte area. And uh, so I headed back up here and spent most of, that was 2014, first half of the year, just not really know what to do. And Shiggy Hatori was running a nationwide team. And Johnny Sauter was driving for him, and he couldn't make some races because of the truck series schedule. So, um, reached out to Shiggy and just said, "Hey, I'm available, um, but I have nothing to bring." And he said, "Yeah, come drive." And so um, that opened my eyes that's that there cool. is a there is a way what to do is it. What car that? That was the number 80. It yes. was the uh, had Goodyear sponsorship. That's had right. I said it's a lot of the lot yeah. of the sponsors that Brett has now on mm-hmm. the 16 truck. Mm-hmm. So that's at Shiggy yeah. uh, owns the 16 truck couldn't be happier for them man they are kicking butt right and um they're that's getting it done story. so they'll they got a chance to go win a championship and that's all she want, has ever wanted is a championship in nascar because he drove back uh with the Germain days and stuff he's uh he's a great guy that kind of got me re-going and then um
1: so you had some good runs in that car
3: we did we ran uh 10th at kentucky um only because i bonsai a late race restart and then held off elliott uh, raced him in 2014 there at Kentucky and got top ten and that was uh they, we you thought we won the race you know that was a big deal for us and um so that uh that got me going then I ran uh the last the final race I ran the truck in the Nationwide race at Homestead for Mark Smith and uh, ran a fifth car for him raced against Johnny's cars and that's where Johnny uh, noticed me and I was able to race with Jeffrey some that night and Landon and that's where he was he called me in, in December and asked if I'd come come talk to him about driving the four car.
1: So you've been running for Johnny for since then, every every week in the mm-hmm. four-car. What's that opportunity like in the Cup Series? How does that come about? How do you get the phone call to go do that? And what makes you – how does that help you yeah, as so, a driver? So I
3: didn't think I was – I wanted to do Cup. I wasn't ready uh, last year in 2017. And uh, actually one of our sponsors in Delaware got a call from another Cup team um, saying they could make their Cup car look just like Ross's Xfinity car. We could do the same program. You know, you could have all this Cup exposure – uh, just send us the money, and uh, the sponsor called us and said, "Hey, w- is this a good idea?" They didn't really know, and we said, "No." So like the
1: team contacted the, sp- the sponsor, sponsor and yeah. said, "Do you want that same like, livery on the cup side yeah. with the cup exposure?" You could still
3: have Ross's car, and but you could also have a cup car now, and so they were like intrigued, and they called us, and and Tony Prosquero down at Johnny's, he said, "No, like that's the um, vice president of sales and marketing. He handles all the sponsorship basically on the on all of Johnny's cars. There's one guy down there that sells for." 132 races a year you know four cars all year yeah. and um, he said no we can get Ross in a cup car and they had no idea that a driver could do that and so uh, that's how I got my first cup start is and they were like yeah we want you in the cup race as well as the Xfinity race uh, and then we were able to get I was driving the 66 truck we got it on the truck as well so we had all three uh, race you didn't cars think that was a good idea I didn't I told Johnny no because he told me it would be with Jay at premium and I just from what I had seen I was I didn't know anything about the cup series I knew nothing about I didn't really know Reed Swanson that well. I didn't know the team, and uh, he said, like, "No, you need to go talk to him. Like we're
0: doing this. Like mm. <laughs> uh, just <laughs> what but, race know, was that? Dover. I Spring remember Dover that race. race. Oh and goodness. so what yeah, track. so you, yeah, between IRP. I mean, you got your starts and in baptized into tracks that
3: are not easy. Not <laughs> easy, man. <laughs> and so Dover is insane. I was shaking. Like, vicious. I pulled out on pit road, and, he, and the spotter's like, "All right, you ready?" I was like, "No." Like, I had, was sitting there with it running, just like holding on to the wheel, and I was like, "All right, here we go!" And uh, almost crashed a bunch in practice, but didn't. And then uh, got got it handling pretty good, and raced with you a little bit there in the yeah. race.
1: He raced really good. The 15 car, you know, that that car doesn't typically run inside the top 25, and I think that day you had you had mm-hmm. that car running really well, surprised a lot of people. And I, I remember racing with you quite a bit there there toward the end. Uh, most competitive I'd ever seen that car run. Yeah. So that's kind of been the mo ever since. So then there was no no
3: other opportunities, and we ran the fall race with the same sponsor. And then going into this year, uh, I was Johnny was pushing me to run as many Cup races as I could. He's like BJ's guy. When he doesn't have a funded driver, you be the guy in the car. Like it might there might not be sticker tires. It might be older cars. Like there might be an agenda where you don't race, but you run all the laps. You get you know the practice sessions, and that'll help us on the four car. Danica ran the car at Daytona, mm-hmm. and, and Justin Marks ran um, really with the group that I'm with, the team uh, of guys uh, in the 51 number, uh, but it's it's our group. Really, Danica running was obviously a really good program funding-wise, um, and that has helped, helped me, more than anything, uh, get the team going where... Then we could buy sticker tires. We've had, I mean, we've we've had stickers any time we needed them this year. Mm. Uh, we get on a lap by ourselves or something. They we might use some some scuffs or something. But uh,
1: so y'all manage that during the race. We uh, on the fly. Yeah,
3: we that's w- not easy. Jay is a master. That's it's awesome. insane. Um, we'll go to the back, uh, uh, you know, depending on what the scenario is, and then give everybody just some room on the restart because that's when the crashes could are mm. most likely going to happen. Once we get singled out, he lets me go, and I can run up there and see how far up we can go. Uh, But, yeah, it's constantly evolving. Our radio um, is pretty entertaining to listen to just how how they're talking to me about, you know, it's not just always go, 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 like the four car and the 42 and different things. Uh, It's really, I mean, Jay, it, it's insane. Um, and sometimes the crew, uh, my crew chief, Pat Trison, he kind of gets aggravated. He's like, he wants to go up there and race. And, and I'm on board with Jay where it's like, no, I know the deal. I know my place here. Um, And just getting all those laps. And really, I value Friday and Saturday practices more than anything.
1: In the cup car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of been your MO ever since, I think, ever since that Dover race is you've gotten in cars and you've improved the performance of that car, the traditional performance of that car.
3: But it's not all me. I mean, it's a lot of, I I try to be as strategic as as when I drive stuff, you know, with the 38 truck now where I see potential, but the the public expectation, even in the industry, is lower than where I know they're at. And so I know I'm going to look good. Just I'm going there at the right time. But that all came from making mistakes by going to teams at the wrong time, you know, with the one I got fired from. and, And I was at Brad's really a year too early uh you know from when they really took off um you know that was the first year they started the second team where they really flourished the next year yeah um so yeah it it came from a lot of failure tell us how you got the opportunity to drive the 42 car this year man oh there are so many dominoes that had to fall just right and i there's not even a way to really explain it um but honestly it the group at spire uh, I've known for a long time and met with them back in 2011 and 12, uh, trying to work with them as a management deal. Thought they could help me, they could find a sponsor for me. Spire right, Spire is a company. That it's a yeah, it's a Spire Sports and Entertainment. They're a, a group here in town um, that represent drivers, sponsors, and teams, and they kind of work in all facets of it. Couldn't do anything back then, but stayed friends with them. Uh, as they've needed me to, I, I'll what's kind of been published is uh, I'll take their their motorhome to the track for them. Uh, and just get it set up, and, and that way I'll tow my truck behind it. And um, I didn't have a camper at the time, and that way it got me to the track with a little bit of cash. Um, and stayed friends with them, and you know stock it with beer for them and food, and and so just get it set up. So you were setting up their you motor were their home. bus driver. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. And That's so a great um, story. um, the Jeff Karpoff and Paulette, uh, they had a bus at Darlington two years ago. So it would have been 2016, I guess. And I drove down there. Maybe it was last year. Was 2017, but they um, I was over there between Xfinity practices. Um, I needed to get some water in it because they had used almost all the water, and I knew it was getting low. So I was trying to get find the water truck, and uh, I found the guy. So I was waiting on him there. Um, so I was getting water. Well, I was getting fresh water put fresh in. Fresh water, yeah. I was getting fresh water put in. Not like bottled water. No, <laughs> no. So uh, was waiting on that guy, and I guess he saw me over there, and he asked, and and so that's where it all started, where he first saw me, but I didn't see him. Who? Jeff Karpoff. He yeah. is the uh, co-founder and CEO of DC Solar. Right. Um They so had. He
1: sees g- you over there messing with his bus. Yeah,
3: with, he knew it was a Spire bus, and he's like, "What? What? Who, why, that's that's why? a race car driver, why right? Are you what, over yeah. Here. Right. And uh, so he asked him, and they told him, and uh, so then he started paying attention, and they started talking, and they mentioned to me one time. Uh, that that they had talked, and I was like, oh, you know, come on, right. like that guy doesn't, he's not gonna do anything with me. And they're like, no, like he's interested, and we're working on it. And I was like, well, and we didn't have anything signed. Like I wasn't, a, I wasn't a driver of theirs uh, at the time. And they're like, no, we wanna, we wanna do this. They, he likes you, we like you. This could be a really good deal. And so it just evolved, and then, um, they, you know, we we met each other uh, at the beginning of this year, and he's like, we're, I'm gonna do something. Like we're gonna, mm. I'm gonna help you get into the playoffs. That was the thing. And then we got in there on our own. We were going to. It was clear, uh, you know, with a couple of circumstances that weren't ideal, but by the end of it, we got in legitimately. Um, And he was like, no, like, we're going to give you some races in this 42. Like, there's some open races they want us to pick up, uh, but we want you to be the driver. And so we're going to do it, and then we'll see, you know. He was confident then. He's like, we're going to do something even beyond these three races. Like, he was trying to tell me to not worry, but, like, just like I was for the first cup race, like, Darlington – I threw up like before the race. Like I was so nervous. Um, it was just I knew what what all could happen if it all went right, um, you know. And then obviously it it didn't all go right at Darlington, but we, they they knew they say, and I have to believe them that they knew then that um, they were going to put it together for next year. It mm.
2: may not have gone right for a result in, in some ways, and obviously Darlington had a lot of people talking, including yeah. Kevin Harvick. Yeah. But in a way, you kind of. Showing that you were in a pushover in a way without being a punk or anything could be like a really good thing wow. you know when you look back at it five, it, ten years from now it it worked out, and i don't know why it did because
3: it had every making of me being the bad guy, but Again. you said
0: that they knew. At Darlington, that this was a deal for this full time thing. That's when they started angling for that. Is well, that, right? that when Jeff did. But that was probably more because of your just how competitive you were, yeah, right? I, I, okay, it, I mean, I guess, yeah. That was an interesting weekend because I like, and I was going to ask Dale this. I mean, like, there's a lot of guys like you out there making it. Your story's very captivating uh, as I hear it. You've become a fan favorite this year, and I was, I think I know why, but I was going to ask you guys why. Dale Jr. really started taking a liking to you. We started talking about you on yeah. the show. Why is that? I don't know. Why is Dale? Well, no. Why do you think? That, do you did think, you think? Oh. Did you sense that? Why do you, you think fans, fans, favorite,
1: are pulling for you? Right. I, I think I it's. Un- I think the fans are pulling for you because of the underdog aspect. Mm-hmm. The, and your, it's a bit of a self-made story. And I think that the fans, our fans, are blue-collar. Our fans are self-made people. They work hard, and that's what I think you represent. That's the, you know, that's, that's the, they get, they relate to that. And so they want that guy up front so they can pull for that guy. They want a driver up front in the race that they think uh, they can relate to. And I think that's why
0: they, you know, that's what I saw. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw. You were so relatable. You, you, you made people want to pull for you and you made people want you to get that full time ride. I had no idea that part of the reasons that some of the affinity for you was. I mean, you're out there trying to get fresh water in a motorhome. You know why? Because that was your job. Yeah. That was part of your job of why you were there the weekend. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing.
2: And I've known how much you've had to work, you know, within the Johnny Davis thing, you know, sitting there at Phoenix on unload day, helping the crew out, you know, hanging out with you and whatnot. Right. I had no idea it even went that far to right. driving a bus. So you want to talk about relating, you know, that's something that people can identify with. So,
1: so it's an incredible story. You win at Vegas. I mean, of all racetracks, that is an incredible market to win in. Yeah. Um, yeah. We saw your genuine reaction and emotion to it, uh, which <laughs> I think endears people to you even more. Anytime you can be completely real about what you're feeling, which you have no problem doing, it's going to make you so relatable to people. That was a lot of fun I think for everybody to see you have that success considering what happened at Darlington. What you know, everybody thought that was man, this guy's gonna have a great day. This is gonna be a great result. It ended shortly. You got to redeem yourself or at least get that kind of result in, in Vegas. Great run at uh Richmond. How does the conversation go from there to the rele- to the release of the uh the press release this weekend that you're gonna be driving the car? I mean, uh, how long have you known? Can you give us any insight into right. those, how that played out? Yeah, so there was
3: a lot of confidence on, on Spire's part and, and the Carpoffs, uh, Jeff and Paulette. Um, I mean, like I said, they told me after Darlington that night uh, after the Xfinity race that uh, he's like, man, this is only the beginning. He's like, I know you're down. <laughs> like I was that over there and they were all eating dinner and we were eat- we ate dinner down there at, at the bus uh, with all of them. And when is this? Saturday night after, after the Darlington okay. Xfinity race. Yeah, so you're bumped. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm like they're like Spires texting me after uh well first of all I was in the media center until when I got out I hopped on a golf cart and when I went back to the Xfinity garage. All the haulers were, were done and the first one was pulling out that was how long I was in there talking and uh I've never had that much attention. Obviously, for a twenty, f- we we finished twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, man, like <laughs> it's insane. A lot of um, attention for but 25th. my yeah. yeah, so my JD guys were still there. Uh, it takes takes us a little longer load up. We haul they haul all their own tires and wheels and pit boxes and everything. And uh, one of their trailers has no cabinets in the bottom, so a car goes on the bottom. They haul three cars. It's
1: it's a whole puzzle piece it's to incredible. get all
3: this stuff fit back in. Got to go haulers. in one it's way. Got to come yes. out
1: one way. That what w- to cl- clear that up for the mm-hmm. listeners. And the viewers, a lot of the teams don't haul their own wheels. A lot of the teams don't haul their own crash carts, pit carts. A lot of that stuff's toted, uh, toted by business yeah. in the sport. Uh, so, you know, this is a team that still does that.
3: Yeah. So, um, so anyway, they were like, you know, you need to come down and, and eat. So I was like, oh, let me I need to go shower. Like I'm, um, I didn't sweat that entire Darlington race until that final restart I made um, up front. And I was so free. I was so loose. Uh, I knew those guys were going to be on me from the very first corner. I was like, oh, like we tried to tighten it up, but it adjustment went the wrong way. Just mechanically in the car just didn't react the way we thought. So by the time, uh, you know, we were racing hard and Brad did a slide job and, and crossed him back over. And I was, by the time we crashed, I was dripping, like soaking wet because I was driving so hard trying to, to stay up there with him. And I knew if a couple more laps went by, I would be able, I had saved enough tire uh, even though they were close to me that I knew I had saved more than them um, just by how hard they were driving. So go down there, shower, go down there and and walk up. And that's the first thing uh, Jeff Karpoff walked up and he shows me his phone. It's a text from Chip. And they'd been texting and it was all really good stuff. Right. And Chip wasn't at the track uh, that day. So he's like, man, I'm telling you, like, it's going to work. And that, So that's when looking back, I knew then. And he told, he's like, I don't,
0: we're going to figure it out. Were you questioning yourself at that point? Yeah. I, yeah.
3: I thought on track after the crash, I thought I would never drive that car again. Honestly, that's what I I told him. and I I accepted it because I had like twenty something laps probably to finish the race. Uh, we were all torn up. The track bar was bent. It was so
1: you were out there riding around. Yeah, it was it was about, about the, it was about to
3: wreck every down the straightaway, but yeah. just trying to finish. And I was like, man, I, this is it. And yeah. I like I like when I pulled in, did the lug nut check, and stop. I just kind of looked around the car. I was like, oh. That was really cool and really nice, but I'll they'll, they'll never let me drive this again. Um, and got out, and there was nothing but positive. And you know, then they hear
2: were, you when you heard the comments, though. You know that Harvick made. Did that kind of even make it worse in your mind? Like, oh crap! I'm never really never gonna yeah get that chance. No, so they
3: they show, they had a phone with all of his bullet points of what he said, and they said, listen to me for thirty seconds, and. Um, a guy with CGR and a guy with Spire, and they were, and, and my crew chief, and they all just grabbed me before TV did. And they're like, just don't, the only thing, like, read this and listen. Like, you can't say anything that's going to help you or us. The only thing you can do is hurt us. Mm. Be appreciative, be yourself, go talk. Don't even bring it up. Everybody uh-huh. on TV, that's one thing I've been told, is, and I believe it, everybody on TV knows what happened. They don't need you to tell them how yeah. the crash happened, how uh-huh. you were right, how the other guy was wrong. They know. They've seen it in slow-mo 50 different times right. from all different angles. You were in the car. You're hot. Just be yourself yeah. and don't even bring it up
1: and let everybody else do their deal. Um, that's how I go about it. That's incredible advice at a critical, critical moment in a man's career. Absolutely. I Whoever those it. people are. Oh, um, to be commended.
0: They yes, need to be right. commended for Would sure. Would you have done something different?
3: No. No. I just, I would have rambled on and on about the race, and I would have been so nervous, you know, and they were just like, just get it in and be done, and that way you don't mess up and say something you're going to regret, you know, and just be yourself, and that was the biggest thing is just show your emotion, you were racing, and and that was it, so I look back at it, and I, I, you know, I nitpick what I could have said, I think I sound terrible, like my voice, like I don't even, you know, I don't know how y'all feel, but like I don't like to hear myself talk. Opening. I don't. It's hate it. We hate it. I, har- it's, I can hardly <laughs> listen to these podcasts <laughs> and, and
1: and rewatch the races that yep. we broadcast because I'm afraid that I'm it's going to make me never want to do it again. <laughs> I would rather just not even know what
3: I did wrong right. than and it's not the right way to be about I know, it. No, it's but not. You need to
1: listen and watch so you'll yeah. know what to fix. But <laughs> it's like scares me into thinking I'll never do it again.
0: Yep. Did Did, did you and Harvick ever talk af- beyond that?
3: We shook hands uh, between a couple of NASCAR haulers. Um, one some point in the last month or so, okay. um, but that was just a it was the tightest grip handshake I've probably ever had, and I was just happy my hand didn't like collapse because he was squeezing as hard as he could, and I was yeah. too, and we just uh <laughs> smiled at each other, and that was
1: it. <laughs> so that was uh, that's all <laughs> It was <laughs> like two Clint Eastwoods meeting in between the hollers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that's all.
3: Nothing needed to be said though.
1: So all right, you make the announcement. You glad to have the news out? I am. You glad I to am. be able to tell everybody? Yeah, I uh, I only, uh, I signed it on
3: uh, Tuesday of last Just, week. Yeah. I uh, stayed out Did you between... handshake then? No, not a handshake this time. Oh, no, did your no. handshake. Oh, oh. I did a hand. <laughs> uh, well, it was actually with my finger because I would do it on my phone. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah, so I stayed out Wake. after Wake. Texas Wake. Yeah, and stayed out to Phoenix. Yeah, technology. DocuSign, God, man. Docusign, docusign, they, uh, are, are you kidding me? Cool. I was in
1: a coin. Are you kidding me? No, no this, this has better. got to be the first <laughs> driver contract that's ever been signed no. with their finger on a phone. I don't it don't has so. to be the first one. You're just see. jealous
2: because you would have loved to have done that. I am jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It has to be the first. <laughs> so I was trying to get it done the week
3: before I, and it wasn't ready. Um, And I was like, I'm going to be out. And they're like, it's alright. If it comes through next week, we'll we'll take It's alright. It's. They're like, it's 2018. It's okay. And I had no idea that you could do it. And so I was at a coin uh mat in dallas texas of course you were yes where else doing my laundry doing my laundry to get ready to fly out tuesday night to go to phoenix so we had a 10 p.m cheap flight that we got uh yeah. me and all the truck crew for premium uh to fly out there to, to phoenix and it comes through and it, it, it the email pops up and i'm reading it and the text comes through hey need you to sign this asap dot dot, dot. ross did you get this please let me know that you got this. We need you to sign it. And then it has to go back through a chain of other people to sign. There's four places sure. to sign. Sure. So I get it, and I'm, like,
0: sitting there uh. and I'm
3: shaking, and I'm, like, <laughs> trying to sign it. And I keep clearing my signature and trying to sign better. Um, so, yeah. 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 that was crazy.
0: But who was your first phone call? Who did you tell first after you signed it? My spoke? dad. Your yeah, dad. Yeah. I mean, right. he
3: already knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, How did yeah. that call go, though? I think what was cooler was the first time when I found out that it, we was actually going to drive for th- the, we got the offer to drive for four races and we took, um, we were able to do three because um, Dover was a big deal for Johnny uh, and our sponsorship there with our Use your melon campaign, that whole watermelon. Uh, so you for,
1: you you forgo one race yeah. in forty two to do Johnny a solid.
3: Yeah. Cause there's three races a year that really helped fund that whole program. But Dover was, was there. And I, I just told, I said, man, I, from the very beginning I said I can't I can't do that I can't yeah, I can't take that from so um you know we ended up missing the next round of the playoffs but realistically that was going to be our last race anyway so it wasn't going to it would have made a difference I guess but um still I can sleep at night and that's what I told I said in, in 20 years I want not be able to sleep cuz that this is that would be wrong I think so um so yeah so when I found out the first time my dad and my brother were there uh at the house and another friend and uh I was on the phone uh with Spire and they're like yeah we got it We got it, and I was like, "No, come on!" Like, (laughs) like, no, we, no, like, they're gonna send you that contract soon, um, and so I turn around to my dad, and he's like, "What's wrong?" And I guess my face, and I was like, "We got the 42." Like, we knew it was a possibility. So that was cool to have him and my brother there in person. How did they react? uh we hugged yeah we just we were there in the basement i think we were working on a carburetor just messing around down there uh working on one of our four-wheelers it was they were here in mooresville at my place uh yeah neighbor neighbor and um so yeah so that was uh that was cool and then this time i called him and i was like it's signed he's like no way holy cow congratulations (laughs) like he's in florida working at the farm and he's like that's he's like we'll be there we'll be at all of them is so. this
0: relief or pressure now uh, what, 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 what now the like?
3: real work starts like i'm so excited to get farther into cgr because just in those three races josh wise is kind of the guy they hand you off to yeah uh, max jones uh doug ducart they kind of like go to the back to josh's office and do whatever he says just get in with josh and do it granted he is a fitness guru yes. him and him and john hunter take it serious. They bicycle like they do and so he got me in spandex like in the stationary in there and like did like a baseline and it was terrible i was i mean
1: like i felt i wiped up the floor because there was so much sweat so this begs the question man are you gonna get a road bike because i i definitely need somebody to ride with around around the house yeah because i ride all those roads do you yeah okay it's it's no big it's, it's awesome he, uh, he keeps – they keep threatening
3: that I'm yeah. going to get one, so yeah. I think so. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to – Well,
1: you're going to want to ride with somebody. Okay. So you I'm, can show I'm, me the way I'm home. ready to rock anytime. Right. I've got – I can – we can find 40 miles any way you want to find 40. it down there. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a lot, doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it? It's like 40 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Take off I'm, to zero. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll start off at 20, work our way up to 30. Only 20. To 40. He
3: says only 20. Right. No, I, How I, was I it
1: your first time? How was that first? I rode 16 miles in Atlanta in 2017 and – you know the second race third race of the season with Jimmy and we got it was great it was great and we got to the end and uh they were going to continue to ride cuz they they ride 30 40 miles every time and I said no nah, I think I'm good <laughs> I really was good I don't think I could I would probably not very not be very comfortable or happy if I continued to ride so yeah. 16 was enough okay but they ride I think it helps Yeah I think. and oh, I, and God, I have it so helps. much so like all the baseline stuff with Josh
3: that was what yeah. really opened my eyes like on the the fitness side like I know much more i need to do there uh but just getting in to the the basics of the race cars uh nick harvey there is kind of their their gm of the xfinity side but also in the cup side and so you know i got to go with them and do the cup test at atlanta that's right ago. and so, so you that just was drove a a cup car 2019 package yep. um not going to be much different honestly the the fans i don't think they'll see a big difference we didn't have the drag ducks so i think you know we were still able to race. Uh, Eric Jones was there. He was the fastest car, just like they are now. Uh, I was able to hold him off the first time we raced. He, We kind of just jockeyed around, uh, and then we ran like 10 laps hard, and I was out front, and I could just take his line away um, and keep him behind me. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, the track brought over like a little trophy, like you know the first ah. <laughs> first mm. uh, 2019 package. So that was funny. Um, had some fun with that. But, but yeah, just trying to get as far into CGR, because right now it's everything is, well, th- this is how Kyle likes it, and this is how... This is we do this because Kyle likes this and Kyle yeah. doesn't like that and even down to like the window braces. Kyle's made a comment that you know this this one is bent and he his eye he he notices that he stares at it and if you know uh, catches his attention and he got these fancy glasses uh, that track your eye movement and stuff and mine are like I mean they're scattered all over the place That's when I'm in the race car so um, just trying to fine tune all that my hand speed man I, I shake the wheel on entry I, I do a lot of correcting. Um, And I have to get more comfortable with my entry and slowing my hands down. And, you know, now with the SMT data making all those lines a lot more smooth, which every driver is working on. But I really want to try to let them teach me, uh, you know, how they want me to drive these race cars.
1: Yeah. Uh, Do you know, can you tell us how any of the the structure of the contract, the deal, how long it is?
3: Uh, It's one year. One year deal. yeah, Yeah. So
1: one shot. Well, I don't know. I feel like if you go out there and continue to perform, it'll be longer.
3: That's the, what you feel the, like, right? This has only, only started. I mean, there, there's going to be bad days. We all know that. Yeah. Um, and and they, that's what they said. Like, well, going into the three races, they said, if we go run 10th, the Spire, they said, we're all quitting. We're all getting out of racing because we don't know what we're doing because we all believed in this. They did, and yeah. I did. They said, if we if we don't go run good, then we need to stop. Um, so that's the same way next year. Like, we need to, uh, you know, we want to compete. Um, and obviously, the 42 car is one of the best out there. So I just want uh, the biggest thing I want to do my job. Like, I look at Chip and I'm like man I don't want him mad at me. I don't want Max Jones mad at me, Doug DuCart yeah. like the spire guys like if I underperform, you know. I just, I just want to do my job. So there's going to be some days like at Richmond where we we couldn't keep up with y'all. Luckily the cautions fell the right way and I was able to jump on the restarts and and hold y'all off, but I mean y'all y'all had us covered like you drove away from me all night, you know, and I couldn't even see you at some points so yeah. running 10th. So trying to maximize every, and just do my job, like that's that's the only thing.
1: I ran Ninth in that race the year before, and don't know why. Uh, we came back and ran so good. Don't but you know. Won. Don't. I know. I won. That. I won race. the spring race. Yeah,
3: you moved me out of the way one time when you were lapping me.
1: I won. Uh, Planted me in three and four. I still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I I won. Run ninth. Should have won. Have no idea how that happens. So you're going to have that up and down. And, uh, and you're not going to know why yeah. you know some of those days don't go as well. One of the things that I think is going to help you a tremendous amount is uh, is how much experience you already have. This is not you're not a Christopher Bell or or a Cole Custer or uh, William Byron getting in this car uh, as a rookie. You've got so many laps in the Cup Series, a lot of laps in the experience Series, truck experience where that i think where that's going to help you not necessarily in the performance of every lap of every weekend of every race more so in the longevity of the season i think that you understand you know if you start to have if you have a couple bad weeks in a row you know not to get worked up and not to get too you know not to push it and make more mistakes and make it worse and you also know you know how to point your way into positions to do well in the championship um, you obviously did, you obviously had to be cognizant of that all right. season long, driving that four car to try to make that playoff, yep. which you did. And uh, you beat teams that you shouldn't have beat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to get in that position. So I think that's going to serve you well, man, and I'm excited. I've, I told them when I heard, heard about the announcement this weekend, I feel like you're obviously a contender. You're a guy that's going to make the playoffs. You're a guy we're going to have to deal with all season long. And I'm excited that we're going to have to deal with you, man. I think you're a great guy. Um, you've been an awesome neighbor. And <laughs> quiet. I'm not. I, don't, I know I don't it. Make too much noise. You're gonna yes. be a fantastic. My rider mom with loves that. the fact that you're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, I, there's so many people pulling for you, man. And it's just uh, the story's just going to keep getting rote and keep getting better. Yeah. Look forward to seeing what you can do in homestead. Have a little fun. One last race That's with JD. Right. How's that going to feel? Having to man. leave your uh, leave your good buddy. Yeah. So I actually
3: got a uh, just before I came over here, got an email from our, the guy that writes all our press releases and he was asking kind of how I wanted to spin it. Uh, so I haven't responded yet. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's going to be some, be some tears. I mean, like that's, that is the best decision I've ever made was going and driving for him. Um, because at the time Landon was in the zero one car, had some limited success, um, but had kind of the, the best of the non cup affiliated teams, like already going for him. And they, they, they had done the second car the year before went terrible, Uh, you know, and, and just didn't, just wasn't prepared. I, you know, I don't, I, looking back at it, I I just, it took that growing pain of that year. So I came in at the right time, but we were running SB2 Motors in 2015. I mean, just went to the road courses. I didn't know. I legitimately went out at Road America and went uh, through turns one, two, and down to turn, they call it five. There's two, I don't know where three and four are at Road America, (laughs) but five is a long straightaway, then a downhill braking, heavy braking zone to a left. I downhill braked and got on the left side because I thought I was at Canada Corner. I thought I was coming up to make it right, and I get down there, and I'm looking, 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 and I'm like, that wall is not moving. I can't turn right, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Where am I? I have no idea. So then I was lost, so I just it around uh, that whole practice session just kind of learning the track. So just, like, thinking back on all that, all those times, or that's where I say, like, if I'd have been in the CGR car, then I would have been terrible, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't right. have gotten what the too car fast. is. And, that's, and I see much, guys jump soon. into it, and they think that – you have to be on a KBM truck, two years, jump to Gibbs or jump to wherever, and you have to be on this plan, like, get the cup, get the cup. Like, I don't think that's the way you need to do it. I think you can do so much better by just, by learning this stuff. It's hard. Like, this yeah. is hard. Oh, yeah. And and the pressure's high these days, and, and guys are bringing, bringing sponsors. They feel like they have to get the cup to pay back or to, to get it where they can be established. And, man, since I've came in in 2011, I mean, I can't even count how many guys had better opportunities than me, but just spent way too much too soon and then they're gone they just they run out of funding they run out of the drive they feel like they you know they didn't do a good job and and if i would have failed in the 42 i would have probably went away too because i would have i would have known then i didn't need to be doing this yeah um so that's what the biggest thing is like you know i'm nervous as like as i can be that of how i'm going to do next year but like i know i know what the cap- like the potential is and i know that if everything goes right we can do really well um, but it's gonna take a lot of work to get there, and that's that, like that's that's exciting to me. Like, well, like,
1: if it's at all possible with all this pressure and all this uh, expectation, enjoy it. All right, yeah. try to soak, oh, yeah. try to think about it every once in a while, and just really enjoy. Like you, you you, took that moment in that car at Darlington to look around and appreciate that opportunity and, and look at that nice race car. It was the cleanest car. car I've ever right. been in. It was the nicest car. <laughs> I can car. imagine exactly what was going through Went mind. down
3: to the test at Atlanta, and they made a comment after my first run. Yeah, sorry, the brake pedal isn't <laughs> isn't uh it's too far to the left. And I said, yeah. what? And they said, well, how we would have set it up for you, but we didn't have time, and it's, right. it's to the left. It was like three-eighths of an inch. And I said, it was Matt McCall, I said, call this is the nicest car i have (laughs) ever been in like by far like the best handling like it drove around atlanta granted with the package we were wide open i was like but man like everything this car does is what i've always looked for like that's that's it Uh, granted they had 1300 more counts of downforce in the current cup car with that package uh so they handled really well but i was like i can feel the car like i the car is doing everything and i was like that like man this is like that was another moment i was like this is the best. Like this is the best I've ever been in. So I was. I say thank you a lot to them. And yeah. they, um, when the when the test team asked the Xfinity team what to expect from me, I said, "Oh, I'll do a good job. I'll go fast, and he'll say thank you ten million times." So just get ready for it. <laughs> and I did. That's so. Awesome.
0: You know one thing I love about you is there's a lot of people in this sport. Dell Jr. would back this up that, that would say that uh, these days you can only get rides if if you come with a lot of money. Your dad's got a lot of money. Whatever it is. Um, And that's how basically the sponsorship game works. But you actually earned your sponsor by an impression, by impressing them, not even on the racetrack to begin with, which is another thing. So you are a bit of an exception to the rule. Would you agree to that these days in the current climate? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get into this sport, but I think people can really appreciate the way that Ross has done it. You can see that in the reaction the fans have to his success and him being on the racetrack, him getting this opportunity. We'll see it next year all throughout the year as he races uh, the fan reaction to his. Well.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's where Jeff Karpoff and Paulette, they they need the credit. I mean, I don't just say that because, like, this hat is, is, like, stitched into my head now. Sure. It's, I mean, it's like it's this hat's not coming right. off. They had Kyle Larson. Like, they, they, they have him. Like he's he's their cup guy, but they they wanted and uh, like they want an Xfinity guy, like they want somebody that's and I'm I want to be their guy, it's like I event. want like forever, I want like no matter what, like even if next year went terrible and whatever, like I will like the Karpovs will always be a phone call away, and I will always go see them like for the rest of my life,
0: because for better or worse, like they've changed my life. Yeah, man. I tell you what, it's it's unusual to be cheering for the competition. Sometimes, but <laughs> in this case, I'm with you now. You, I'm, I'm bought and sold. Dale Jr. has been he's been big on uh, on the Ross uh, uh, train yep. uh, for a while, and uh, yeah, I'm you've you won me over as well. Yep. All I, right, I, I love it, I love it.
1: Well, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thank, Thank you. you, man. Appreciate your Thank time. Y'all. All right, so everybody that's tuning in, are we feel people are people coming in?
2: People are just starting to come in, Dale, and uh, yeah. Ask Junior, presented by Nationwide, uh, doing this deal live now on YouTube. It's pretty darn cool. Can they see
1: you? They could. They, could, they can't see me, but which they is can hear meaning. You.
2: Yeah, which means the ratings are going go to go up since they can't see It
1: to be weird for them to be hearing someone else they can't see. All yeah. right, so this is uh, the Ask Junior portion of our podcast, YouTube Live, brought to you by Nationwide. Mike? They're on your side. That's a fact. They're yeah. on your side. Yeah, you know
2: what, Dale, uh, there was an Ask Junior question that came in on tr- that we wanted to talk about anyway since we're live. Some guy got a, got a piece of your car, what was it, from Homestead yeah. or whatever,
1: 1997 or 98? Uh,
2: 97. Uh, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, a uh, guy this weekend, yeah, I was at the race this weekend, and a guy walked up and said, I got this nose piece to a car you raced in 1997, and I, I seen a picture of it, and it's the real deal came off the car we raced we raced it at rockingham and we raced it at homestead i bought it from the guy for two grand he sold it to me for two grand so i thought that was a reasonable price oh that's cool yeah so i'll get that tuesday the wrangler car number 31 that i raced uh, in 1997
2: all right dave wheeler already chiming in i think this is a really good one um what do you think about jeffrey getting his opportunity uh, with joe gibbs racing in Toy- toyota
1: um, I thought a lot about it. I texted him to see if he wanted to come on this show, but he wouldn't text me back. He didn't so, text me back either. He's one of them Gibbs the drivers now. He's Dang. big time. Hey. He is hard he get to get a for hold of. He's hard to get a hold of. How'd, he get time for you. how'd the help Gibbs get a hold of you? So, <laughs> um, you know, I, <laughs> I was, uh, when I heard about that, obviously, I mean, I, I had not heard any rumors of this coming together and I text Kelly and I said Kelly do you know about this and she said no I have no clue he never reached out to us a lot of people are going to go well wow well, you know they always do anytime i mention jeffrey or like you know talk about jeffrey they go Y'all ought to put him in your car we would have definitely entertained that idea cuz we have some openings for next year and uh, but jeffrey never called us doesn't matter this is an amazing opportunity for jeffrey He's doing it on his own. He has a relationship with Toyota that he's created over the last year that he wants to continue to grow. And so this was a choice on his terms, you know, that I think is, is a great choice and a great opportunity and in driving incredible equipment. So Absolutely. Yeah. The right choice. Yeah. So I think this, this is maybe even better than him coming to race here uh, for him. You know, obviously, it would be great for us to have him and, and, and have a car on the racetrack with a driver in it. But, uh, you know, I think it's good that he's going to get a chance in a, in a really awesome race car.
0: I am, too. I, I, I'm blown away, actually, at some of the comments when this news came out. And that was, how can an Earnhardt run a Toyota? And I'm like, is that even a question people are asking right now? What's I mean, weird is isn't... that he's been running a Toyota all, all year. this time. And yeah.
1: Nobody noticed. You, yeah. the, you, you people didn't notice. Right. So there's and that.
0: And there's two is. It's only your life you're dealing with. Is he not allowed to go drive a, uh, an opportunity that comes up regardless of manufacturer? Or is there some loyalty to a manufacturer based off of who you drove for or who, you know, Dale Earnhardt drove for? The, the guy just got his, uh, you know, the ride that he's, the brake that he's been looking for. I mean, yeah. I don't know why that that's even a question, why people get confused by that. I
2: agree with that 100%. All right, uh, Luke uh, Hutto wants to know, Do you? and I, he's asked this question so many times, so we're going to just get it done with. Because, uh, <laughs> man, this guy gets on there, Wilson ball, Wilson ball, Wilson ball. He wants to know about the Wilson ball you had in 2001. <laughs> do you still have it? Wilson ball. you had in your car, remember? Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember. I think I still have that ball. Yeah, so I think I still have it. The, the deal is we were racing somewhere. I was talking or asking Tony Jr. a question, and he wasn't answering me. And that pisses me off more than anything as a race car driver when you ask a question and they don't answer you. Because you're in a car, it's loud, you're working. You only have opportunities on the straightaways to sort of, and you want that information. You you know, you can't key up in the corner you're working. On a straightaway, you're going to go, hey, tell me what's going on with blah, blah, blah. And you want them to tell you what's going on with that, right? What else could they be doing? So, And there's an answer to that, but not
0: that the driver much cares. Yeah, the driver involved. doesn't
1: care. He wants the information. Give, you know. And you should be, as a crew chief or, or whatever, wanting to get you know get that information to the driver so he quits worrying about it, getting back to his, thinking about his job. And Tony Jr. would always, often, not answer me. And I'd have to repeat myself and get pissed off. And I said one time, I was like, man, I feel like Tom Cruise on an island out here by myself. <laughs> so the next race, we're at Dover. And this was 2001 after 9-11 um, when we won the race. I was out there running around the car and I was like, I asked him a question and he goes, some kind, you know, something not very critical. And he goes, Why don't you ask Wilson? And I'm like, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he says, The Wilson, he's in the car with you. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because it didn't register with me that he's talking about a volleyball from this movie. I'm like, Wilson, what, who? And he goes, Look to your right. And I look and they strapped this volleyball to the roll bar. And I never <laughs> saw it. I got in the race really? car. Yeah, I got in the race car for the race and never saw it. And I'm like, man, damn, you guys are crazy. <laughs> he did that one other time with a with a ticket that he had gambled uh, at, in Vegas. 1998, we went to Vegas to race. We'd ran, we wrecked at Daytona. This was 98, my first year in Xfinity. We wrecked at Daytona, finished 15th at Rockingham, so we've not been stellar. We go to Vegas, and our odds were bad. So Tony Jr. put a ticket down, put money down on us, and taped the ticket to the dash of the race car oh
2: that's funny
1: and i ran second to jimmy spencer and i got to jimmy's bumper on the last lap but i didn't hit him because he's jimmy spencer and tony jr goes why didn't you hit him i'm like i don't i don't want to run into jimmy spencer and he said but the but the ticket we would have won and i'm like i don't know what you're talking about and he goes Oh the dash you never saw it and i'm like no why didn't you tell me there's freaking uh money involved in this
0: <laughs> you A know bonus. yeah I- all right, Pete Rose. Jeez. <laughs> oh, hey, that's, that's wow, we don't bitten. care. <laughs> so there's money to be made. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Tony Jr. those guys are pretty sneaky and slittle that old it, it, school
0: it's the most eerie thing ever to go to the lengths of doing something and not give the proper context or, or no. explanation. Oh, yeah. You know, you you're talking about even just finding out about how you got that uh that ninety eight Bush series right at the time. You have never been given the benefit of having an explanation before. <laughs> you always have to find out in the weirdest ways with those guys. You're right. You're right.
1: <laughs> they love it. They only want. They want. They want to watch you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you know? I guess so. It's entertaining for them.
2: Amber <laughs> wants to know. Uh, uh, she's chiming in here on the Ask Junior Live YouTube chat, uh, and she thinks it's really interesting that you seem to
1: match your shirts with your shoes. Every chance I get. <laughs> what started that, and 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 why? I bought. My first pair of ASIC Mexico sixty six tennis shoes five years ago or whatever, maybe even more. And they just have every color, so I wanted every color. I've got about probably eighty pairs of these tennis shoes in different colors. Some 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 pairs I've got doubles. Wow. Yeah, I just like to match. Why not? Why yeah. don't why not match? It looks cool. Yeah. These are actually my red skins. They oh, just have yellow on it. They yeah. do happen to match this slitz hoodie, but uh, this is actually what I wear when I wear redskins gear. They won this weekend. Yeah. My, uh, they won ugly. but still. I won't talk about my team this weekend. Yeah. My,
0: my wow was not that you like to match. That's fine. My wow was on the number of shoes you have. I couldn't believe
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've got, them I've got a lot. I've taken a picture of it one time to put on social media, and Amy told me it was a bad idea. She's like, nobody wants to see all You'd that. You'd be like the Amel DeMarcos of yeah. NASCAR. She's like, no,
0: no, no, don't
1: do that. Don't do the showing the shoes. I look at everything I got. <laughs>
0: I'm with her on that one. Yeah, she she, that, saved, that was a good call. she saved
1: me some ridicule, probably. Yeah. yeah, I was so proud
2: of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could have a lot of shoes, I would. Dylan Ward uh, t- chiming in here. Being a historian of the sport, is there a time in NASCAR history that you wish you could go back and race in? Also, thanks for signing a copy of Racing to the Finish at Texas last weekend. Absolutely.
1: I, w- I think the 70s are awesome. Um, racing – in nascar from 75 to 1980 would have been what i would what i would prefer if i could go back to any time i right. like the cars the like the size of the cars the big lagunas and 442s and monte carlos and the chargers all that stuff um to be able to race
0: in that when did riverside go away 1986 i think um, it, I saw Mark Martin talking about how he missed Riverside. Does that track? Does that look like a track that you'd have loved? You hated road courses. I get it. Yeah, you. I probably didn't. But I probably wouldn't have loved it till the very last race. That, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that to me though feels like a very '70s, uh, '80s racetrack. '70s road. Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ontario. That's not the same though. No, no. The yeah. uh, the old Ontario. Yeah, 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 it's yeah Weird. Yeah. It's weird how close together the
1: Ontario yeah. and Riverside were. And I b- drove by Ontario. I went to to the last couple of uh, races at Riverside with Dad, and we were riding down the road toward the uh, hotel, and he goes, "But that right there was Ontario Motor Speedway. That was Turn Three, right here on the corner of this street, right on this street corner. That was it." And there's still one little section that's undeveloped. There's that's a little it. section Small. of banking that's undeveloped, a corner of the racetrack. About how far you can from go from the current track is? Uh, six minutes, maybe. You, yeah, I you mean, can walk out. You can walk out there and see the banking the, of the turn if you can use your imagination. Gotcha. You can see it.
2: Wow, that's cool. Very cool. Sean Drake wants to know: Have you seen Haley Deegan, uh, Deegan race yet? Have you seen Haley Deegan race? And what? Just what you on think? TV.
1: A couple things about Haley. Love her. Energy, personality. Yes. All right? I, You know, any race car driver, you got to be engaging. You got to be a great interview. You got to be excited. She's always in a great mood. I mean, obviously, you know, so I'm sure she gets in a bad mood every once in a while when she doesn't run well. But before qualifying or before races, when they interview her before the races, uh, her attitude and personality is is cool you know and and exciting i look forward to seeing her race more and get more experience and seeing how that progresses for her how her how her results progress and she's uh she won this year right yeah yeah she's she's got she's in great position to 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 make it she's in a good she's on a good path to get into the xfinity series one day trucks maybe even the cup series if everything worked out the right way but her attitude and personality is one of the one thing that's something you can't teach that's something you don't, you can't learn,
2: and you can't fake. Austin Duggan chiming in here. What are your thoughts on Jenna Fryer's comments about driver media availability and Kevin Harvick's giving her a hard time
1: after the race? Um, Jenna has always sort of baited drivers a bit. Um, she has that. That's just her personality, I think. To, uh, and I don't know if she, I don't know if she means it to uh, be malicious or if she's just kind of p- playing. Mike, you might know a little bit more about that because you've worked with her a little closer.
0: Yeah, I I think that she. It, first of all, you said after the race, but I think that it was this, after qualifying. It was after qualifying, so before the race. And if I was just making sure that I had not missed something else to this story, I think that Jenna. First of all, Kevin kind of started that. Yeah, Kevin started the. Uh, Oh, good to see you at the racetrack thing. And nothing wrong with the way he said that or what he did. I think that it was just two very sarcastic and people being sarcastic with each other, and that's that's Jenna. Jenna does that with the Kevin Harvicks, the Tony Stewarts, because they do that. They, they kind of feed it, and they kind of start it, and All they, they enjoy prodding each other and that's really all i took from that yeah. i didn't you know people that got mad or upset with jenna just don't know the nature kevin would have never said that to somebody that he didn't like or didn't uh, want to just give a little ribbing and prodding you don't do that with people yeah. that you don't know or don't like yeah i guess. I think
1: i don't know if they like each other i just know that um jenna and tony stewart used to do that and they were friends you know they right, did hang out they did they did spend time around each other and and, and were pals i don't know if they still are but I think um,
0: that people have a weird, they don't they, they don't know how to receive Jenna. Of the fact that she is one very opinionated and two um, is friends with people that she covers. Well,
1: this brings up something that you wanted to talk about. A, a tweet from Jeff Gluck.
0: Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah. So this
1: is a great time to. This well, what happened
0: s- is that our own driver Sadler had put a tweet out that said that uh you know basically acknowledging the fact that that uh, you know the media can't be trusted and they're not there to they're looking for attention and we could only assume he didn't call Jenna out by name but I, we can only assume that this is what it was in reference reactionary
1: to. to that yes deal yeah. with Harvey
0: and then and then I think what did Gluck's tweet say I think we have it right here Gluck said uh, it's clear to me the anti media sentiment in this country has seeped into the NASCAR world call me naive but I didn't realize that until now Honestly it really hurts. At the same time good to know where everyone stands going forward.
1: Well, I'll say this. So I, I don't know if I agree with that. I feel like that like I there were guys in my career early on that I was nervous to do work with in the media. There were people that there were people in the media that I as a driver was nervous to do a story with because I didn't know if I could trust them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeff Gluck was one of those guys early in my career. I did not know if I could trust Jeff Gluck. I read an article that he wrote one time in the Winston Cup scene or whatever that was, you know, That's Grand National scene. Yep. And it the, the article was about drivers getting opportunities, such as Jamie McMurray getting an opportunity to race for deep. Roush. It was he mentioned McMurray and Mears. Mears getting an, these guys getting multiple opportunities, and the article basically said, you know, I don't think these guys deserve these opportunities, or or why are they continuing continuing to get these opportunities when there's there's other people out there that don't don't get one opportunity? These guys are getting multiple opportunities. Why do we keep regurgitating the same drivers around this? I thought that was so rude to those drivers. I me being a driver, I was I was offended. And I thought, man, this guy. And you. And when you read that article and you see the name attached to it, you put that in your. You remember that. And when you go, when somebody says, hey, you know, you don't think about it. And then the next time you're you my you know as a PR guy comes up to me and says, you got a Jeff Gluck article or interview in fifteen minutes. You go, ooh, I better watch what I say or 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 not try to give you know try to give any sound bites or try to say
0: anything that's going to It happened last week. Yeah. We, we won't mention the we won't mention and it wasn't NASCAR media, but it was Oh a, yeah. Yeah, it happened last week. Yeah. And and, and let's not go mention what sure. it is, but yeah, Dale Jr didn't feel great about uh, one of the things that we had lined up and and so we didn't do it. Yeah.
1: I, I there's there's I don't think that there's a there's a disdain to the media as a whole. I think it's really per two it's really you gotta look at it a little bit more like it's individual versus indiv it's in it's con, it's those two people. So it's some, case by case is what yeah, you're saying. It's like this this person's either developed a reputation or this guy doesn't trust this guy. It's not that he doesn't trust the people in the room. He's probably got a lot of media if you sit a driver in a media center, he's probably got a handful of guys he trusts and a handful of guys he doesn't, and half the people he doesn't know. Yeah, you know? That's, that's really right. what it is. And that's, that's what it is for, that's what it was for me. As I spent more time in the media center, as I spent more time doing one-on-ones with these people, I got to know them, got to appreciate them, learned what they're, you know, how they're working, trying to do what they're doing, created relationships with them, conversations with them, text messages and so forth to, to bridge like that Gluck thing bothered me for a long time. So I, I put some effort into reaching out to Jeff years ago, and to create some dialogue between me and him on a personal level. And we have, in my opinion, I think we've become friends. And so that would have never happened had I never tried to make that effort, I think. And uh, I never would have learned that he's actually a great guy. Yeah. And so, um, but there's some media members that I never was able to get over that feeling of, man, this guy could cut my legs out from under me. Or I don't know whether I can trust this guy. Um, Some of them don't even work in in the sport no more, but... Um, there's some that just, you just, you just can't put your finger on it, but you just don't want to, you don't like talking to them because you're afraid of what they're going to, how they're going to use your words. And it's rare. There's only a few of them.
0: It's a catch 22 if you're the media member. I, I, I do sort of empathize with the situation. Um, and also I think that there's a, a a responsibility that sometimes the media even chooses to ignore. Now the, what I say, what I mean by that is that the media have a lot of our self-worth and joy in the in the palm of their hands yeah. they like at any time they they know that they carry enough influence that they could really make your week terrible
1: yeah it just
0: they do yeah. this too yeah. that's true. that's a significant thing and because so we hold them to a standard and expect them to not make our weeks bad or months bad and and, and knowing that they got a job to do. They got to do this. They got to report. So it's also an obligation for us to not give them that material. But the thing I think is a little tricky here is that if people literally get mad at Jenna because of the friendship she has, that's Dale Junior silly. just gave you. Dale Junior just gave you the reason why that's beneficial to the driver or the athlete.
2: It's beneficial to both. You,
0: yes, because because one is you've got to be able to establish a trust with them. Yes. And without it, you are going to not want to do inter- interviews with him. You're not going to want to give him the story. Now, social media goes in there and makes this thing very complex. Yeah. And, and I will also say this. I think Jeff was taking – I failed to mention one other thing. He had made a tweet uh, on Friday suggesting that Kevin Harvick, as somebody that, who aspires to be in the media as a broadcaster himself once his driving career is over, it's quite the interesting tactic to not talk to the media as a, as a way of getting through this weekend. And I think that Jeff caught a lot of flack for that, which goes to my other point. Media are allowed to have opinions on things. I mean, like they just they are allowed to have opinions on these and people that get mad at Jeff Glutt for saying something like that or for getting mad at Jenna Fryer for, you know, writing a column. She's a columnist. She's an opinionated columnist. You've got to be able to draw distinction uh, between those. And that they're allowed to do that, and we don't have to like it, but it doesn't certainly mean that we need to ha- all of a sudden distrust the media or, uh, you know, hold this as a personal vendetta against them. It's just uh, – and I think that it took time for us to kind of realize how to process all that.
1: I spent probably the first half of my career with anxiety to go to the media center. Going to the media center for me for the first half of my career was, oh, damn, don't stick your foot in your mouth. Don't do anything that's going to create a story that ain't a story. It was never, okay, this will be a great opportunity for me to do X, Y, and Z. It was always, I'm nervous. I don't want to do it. I've got to do it, but I don't want to do it because I'm I'm scared of what it might create or what I might create because I don't know any better to keep my mouth shut. And so I dreaded it and didn't like that relationship, didn't use it. And it would often it you know it, it would basically result in my worst fear and that would be the wrong sound bite, the wrong context, just not being able to not being able to get on the same page with the media. Second half of my career was completely the opposite. For whatever reason I don't really know why I developed a really great what I feel like was a really really good relationship with the majority of the media in the sport. You know, when I was good to them, they were good to me, vice versa, and we just continued that relationship, and was there was more and more respect, and, you you know, you need a, com- you need a co- comment or a quote about X, all right, no problem, here it is, and trying to give them everything that I, everything they asked for, mm-hmm. whenever they asked for it, and the relationship became more and more warm, and I started to appreciate them uh, instead of fear that experience, I started to appreciate them as individuals and people, but I feel like that you gotta, you know, as a driver, you gotta be able to uh, have a great relationship with the media. You need to realize, uh, you know, what that opportunity is when you're in that media center, what you, what, how, you know, how you can use that to your advantage, how you can help the media do what they're trying to do and accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. It's hard to back away, though, and see that big picture, um, especially if you're in the middle of a points battle and, and, You just got a big damn penalty the week before and all that mess. But, I mean, there's been times when I've been a driver where I've said the wrong thing and uh, been uh, short or nasty or, well, you saw it, you know. You saw it. He's watching the race, whatever, you know. And I certainly have a bigger appreciation for the media and what they do now that I'm a broadcaster. And I know these guys like Marty Snyder and our pit reporters go down there and they have to ask these drivers after these bad moments in their day what happened, you know, and it's not a fun experience. They're not, they don't go out, they don't wake up in the morning to go interview people that are just been disappointed or pissed off. That's not what they (laughs) sign, you know, they, and they do it and they, you know, oftentimes get a snarky snap response from the driver and they have to continue doing their job, you know? And so I've seen it from this side, which makes me really appreciate it even more uh, what that media member has to deal with sometimes when it comes to the drivers, me being one of them, uh, and how we can be.
2: I think also, you know, looking at Parker, you know, you talked about that last week. Yeah. It, it's it's easier to take a question from somebody. Nothing against, you know, some of the guys that haven't held a steering wheel. Yeah. But when
1: you're when you're yeah, taking yeah, a question yeah. from somebody that's not never drove a race car. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's uh, as a driver for me, it was easy to, to think that way. And go well, you know this this person. I, you know this person never drove a race car, and this is so frustrating. But now, now that I'm on the other, I see. I've said it over and over. I see everything about the sport completely different now that I'm not a driver and I'm in the broadcast booth. I had no idea how hard these people were working to get the job done that they do um, each week. So
0: all that said, did you have an issue with Jennifer or Kevin Harvick in that case? Or did you just think that that was a, 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 no, a no big deal? That was deal. Jenna being
1: Jenna and Harvey right. being Harvey. That's, that's exactly how I thought Perfect it. for each yeah. <laughs> other. No, that, that really, if, if Perfect get, for each other.
0: If you get mad at Jenna for that situation, you also have to get mad at Marty Smith for being friends and, and, and for having dialogue back and forth, something like, something like that, like the way he would be with Jimmy Johnson. Or you'd yeah. have to get mad at Matt Yoakum for the way he would be with Tony Stewart, which was no small task to have to interview Tony Stewart in those situations. Yet Yoakum, because of his friendship with him, was always able to be the Tony Stewart guy. Yeah, it wasn't because of his. Uh, he was some extraordinary interviewer. It was because of the relationship.
2: You work to get those inroads. Hey, uh, let's uh, move on here because there's a lot of people in the chat. <laughs> um, Judson O' me- uh, Judson O'Neill, we're gonna put something to bed right now. Okay. I'm gonna call it, and I think you're gonna agree with me. Judson O'Neill had a question that I just know you love to to answer. It was if you're stra- if you're if you're stranded on a desert island, who would you rather be with, Casey uh, Mears or Kyle Busch? So let's just put it to the end. This is the last time we do a stranded. This is the far, last, far, last last stranded. one. First of all. It's last not one. the last time. No, it's last time. I'm, while I'm here, no. this will be the last time.
1: Why Casey Mears and, and I don't know. Casey Kyle Mears Bush. and Kyle
2: Bush are two polar opposites. Casey's just one of the most fun, chill guys to have a beer with and hang out with ever. Yeah. And you would describe Kyle as? Kyle is just a, well, my interaction with Kyle, he's just
1: a racer. That's it. Like, guy likes to talk went, about you, racing. You went too easy. He's just a racer. Like, what do you mean? He's yeah. just a race fan. On that, no yeah. bones about it. He likes to talk about
2: racing when he's not racing. He likes to talk about racing. He likes to race. But assume there were bones about it. What <laughs> bones? <would they laughs> I don't be? hang no. out and drink beer with Kyle Busch like I have with like a Casey. My interactions with Kyle are at the short track. <laughs> you know, so it's a little different. This is
1: still not answering the question. He's avoiding. So it. what's the
2: question? No, I'm not avoiding it. Tell you me. You're I'll voider. be honest. Yeah, I promise.
1: What? what Explain you Kyle Busch.
2: Intense, and I'd say kind of one dimensional. There you go. One dimensional. All right. So I, bad you want thing, multi-dimensional one dimensional.
0: Casey Mears or <laughs> so one-dimensional who do you want? Compost? Which one?
2: Man. Last time can you can answer this. Not the last time. <laughs> it is the last time. I
1: don't know. Neither one of them. Wouldn't want to be on the island. Oh, by what? myself. Why in the hell <laughs> by would, myself. Why in the hell would I want to be on an island, desert island, stranded with either one of them? Guys,
0: No I'm knock right. on them, but, like, that's
1: – Yeah, no women on the island. If you're stranded on a desert
0: island, it better yeah, be somebody true. you absolutely – I wouldn't even want – nobody, I Casey don't know. Casey would drink
2: more beer, so, yeah, maybe Kyle Bush would be good. I'll be
0: honest.
1: If I was stranded on a desert island, I wouldn't want anybody to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Done. all you're going
0: to do How All you going to do fight. Right. And one, one is going to end up dead probably. Don't you remember when Tom Hanks and the volleyball got into it? Like, <laughs> they were even arguing. He threw him over the ledge. Luckily, the volleyball didn't have any arms and legs. And he
1: couldn't fight back. So if I, if I, I guess I'd want a football or something. Or throw a few passes to myself.
2: Uh, or a boomerang. <laughs> a boomerang would be perfect. All right. Uh, let's take one last question. Uh, Amanda Alvarado. After the Xfinity Series race, you contacted. You probably contacted Justin and Elliott. How long did you wait, and and what type of interaction did you have with them?
1: Uh, well, I texted all the drivers. Annette had a really good run going. For he had some trouble on a restart. Um, he was running right there, you know, in the backside of the top ten, out running some really good cars. Thought that the, you know, having T Mac on that cars seemed to improved Annette's uh, performance, much, and, and as well as his attitude about it. Yeah, I told Justin, I was like, hey, man, you've done so much for this company this year. You've just been a model employee, uh, does everything, and he he goes above and beyond when it comes to supporting this team and company outside of the car. Obviously, he does a great job in the car, uh, so I made sure that he knew how much we appreciated the year he's given us, not just on the racetrack. Uh told Elliot Sadler that uh, we've been pals a long time, and just you know, you just would assume you'd keep it at that, just being pals. Uh, you never even think you might have the opportunity to work together the way we have. Uh, certainly when we were younger and we were racing in Cup Series together, I never would have imagined I'd be on a car that he's driving. That just wouldn't have never entered my imagination. But here we were in the last couple of years, and he came out of a deal that wasn't really working out for him. He was nervous, I think, about whether he could actually get back to being competitive again. And <clears throat> he came up in the bus... Uh, at the end of 2000, whenever I don't know the year before he came here, he came up in the bus, and uh, I said, "You're gonna get to work with Kevin Meandrin. and he's like, "I don't know him." <laughs> That's right, I remember this. And I said, "Well, you're gonna love it." And he goes, "I don't think I don't think this is a good idea. I got another idea." Yeah, like, he had a guy. I'm like, "You're you, you're gonna like this guy." I don't know. I don't I don't know. I'm nervous. And so I blade it out about how Kevin was gonna perform and why Kevin was good, and he's like, all right, man, I hope you're right. He was nervous. He was. He came in uh, the bus and left in worse shape, right, as far as his anxiety over it. And um, long story short, they became great friends, and he came to me several times and went, you're right. You were so right, man. He's the greatest. Kevin's the best. And Kevin's going off to crew chief for Jimmy Johnson next year, which is amazing. So finally he's getting a great opportunity. And So we talked about that a little bit. And um, I told Tyler Reddick, I said, time to focus. I was like, this is going to be the most important week of your life as far as preparing for this race and, you know, watching video, whatever he needs to do. And I just uh, told him, I was like, you've done a great job getting yourself here. This is the most important week of your racing, young racing career. Be, make make sure you feel like you're ready and focused and prepared uh, for Homestead. And um, he said he will be ready. He said he's already started planning his week as far as how he can do that. So. I'm excited because Tyler, I think that, you know, watching him at Kansas, he did a really good job running the high side. That's going to be critical at Homestead. This is the car. This ain't the exact car, but this is the team that won the championship last year. They went into that race and may, and got it done with William Byron. And Dave Ellens feels like they have every opportunity. They, there's no reason why they can't go in there and win this championship with Tyler. Tyler's moving on to RCR next year. hate to see that happen because we we're, you know, obviously sitting here with a chance to win the championship with him this year. But um, we'd love to win another one and send him off as a uh, defending champion for RCR next year. Yeah. All right.
2: Ask Junior presented by Nationwide. Uh, everybody listening, uh, appreciate you being on here. And uh, hope, hopefully you guys enjoy it and we could do a whole bunch more to come. Yep. All right. Let's do some uh, white flag. Keep talking, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White
0: flag. All right. White flag. I'm going to keep it very book focused. We did talk earlier in the show that uh, our book got to number three on the sports and fitness category of the New York Times best-selling list, so that's good. Dale Jr., how'd your book signing go? Because you got one more at Homestead, Miami. Uh, you had a book signing this past week at Phoenix. Was it a good one?
1: Yeah, it was. A lot of folks came out. Very, uh, very fun to see folks and talk to them about the book. A lot of them obviously haven't read it because they purchased it right there at the racetrack, but there were about five or six people that in line that had read the book, and that gave me a great idea to send Tony Mayoff out into the line to sort of get some people to talk on our Instagram story, my personal Instagram story, about their experience reading the book. Awesome. What, what better way to promote this book than straight from the people that have read it? And so, you know, we, you can read in a Twitter timeline, but to hear somebody and 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 hear their expressions and emotions over it, uh, I thought was very helpful Yeah. Uh, to encourage other people to read it. Obviously, it's just great to hear people say great things about the book you know, yeah. when, it, when so much goes into it. We signed uh, 550 books, I believe. Wow! So we're going to Homestead to do it again. I doubt that'll be the last signing. We're, we got—we're talking about doing some other signings, probably at some stores throughout the winter. Uh, we'll keep everybody posted on our social media
0: handles about where that might be. That's right, and, and check Dale Jr.'s social media ch- uh, channel this weekend. He'll—he'll uh, he'll let you know when he's heading out there uh, to the autograph hauler. That's um, right. And uh, yeah, and the other thing I'll say about the book is that um, you know, as as it. As we now have done our last media tour, I think that what you just hit on is very important to us, and that is really kind of now hearing the the, the takeaways from the people that are reading it. That means a lot to us, and it also is going to kind of keep the fuel through the winter on uh, getting this book promoted. So, very good stuff there. The other thing I was going to say here is that this is an hour-long television show on NBC Sports Network. Assuming we stay elegantly current, or I'm sorry, not uh, no, I, I completely butchered that, editorially current, if we're editorially current next week, it'll be an hour show. If it's not, well, then we you'll, you'll have to check it out on our YouTube. You can check out last week's episode on YouTube yeah. um, and uh, on the Dirty Mo Media channel. But one this, hour show.
1: So. Yeah, this, this should be on Thursday in case something crazy in the sport happens. And we get knocked off again Except second following week.
0: This week's show, the one that you guys are listening to right now, this one will be this Thursday for one hour. Let's just stop there. That's enough (laughs) enough information for me. That's enough information for me. There you go. All right. Good stuff. Hey, Dale Jr., last word. Thank you for having Ross Chastain in. Yeah. You win. You win that award. Uh, Wait, wait. You, I, I did, we weren't competing. I, no, 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 no. I loved no. It. I'm saying that I, you you. not Oh, you're just giving me awards. The fact that I'm handing out you're awards. You're just handing awards. Yes, <laughs> yes. You can't win most popular driver anymore, so this is the award you're going to have to take into, into the take Las Vegas it. week. Uh, th- th- listen, very rarely have, like, wanted a guest on. I mean, like, a lot of times the guests that we have, you know, it's uh, kind of a group conversation. And a few times you said, no, no, this person's coming on. And uh, I will admit that sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't know. This might have been one of those times, and I am completely wrong, if that would have been a time. Because gotcha. I enjoyed that conversation with Ross Chad. It begs
1: the question, have I ever had somebody on that
0: you didn't like? No, because the okay. only other time I remember you really being adamant about somebody was Brad Means, and I love that one, too. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad, too. We got more from Ross. I learned more from Ross than I even thought we would. It was better than I even thought it might be. There you go. Hope, and hope Jeffrey? It,
0: uh, just pick up your phone next time, dude. Jeffrey, <laughs> if you
1: text me right after this, I'm going P, P, to be PO'd. You
0: know he's hunting
1: somewhere. Yeah, he probably that's what, is.
0: That's what people do when they get their He's ride hanging of a out lifetime. with Victoria's
1: Secret models. Apparently with went to the Victoria's Victoria Secret he did? Yeah, he's everywhere. Oh the guy's everywhere, man. Oh, I'll
0: tell you what. All right, good See
1: Jeffrey. See ya. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mode. Dirty Mo.